Hey guys, Brandon McClure popping in here real quickly to let you know that we did a bit in our live recordings. Um, so the audio guys might not know what we're doing. We did a Why the Last Man thing where the, you know, the screens come up and we weren't there and then we let that sit for a couple seconds and then we popped back in to do the thing. So what you're going to hear is us popping back in. I didn't want you guys to go in with just silence and I figured I should explain. So there you go. Uh, the rest of the episode should be fine. Enjoy. Just kidding. Get it? Why the last man? <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Who's going to get killed by the plague? Nope. That's that's uh, a what if. You know, we should have started our Infinity War review uh, with half of us gone. <laughs> oh, that's true. That would have been that's that pretty funny. Well, we weren't, we weren't doing it in video, so no one would have gotten it. It just would have been two people not talking. <laughs> yeah. Very awkwardly uh, sitting, whoever, like... Flip the coins, like okay, you're dead, you're dead. Well, this this bit won't read for you audio listeners, but hey, it's gonna be really funny <laughs> for you guys watching the video. Um, we are <laughs> just five seconds of silence. What happened to my? <laughs> is someone should someone be talking right now? What's no, going we died. On here? And the answer is no. Um, okay, yeah. So we're talking about why the last man. If you guys couldn't get that from our our little fun bit there, uh, we have fun yourself. here on the Fake Nerd Podcast. I was about to say, Brian, speak for yourself. I'm down the inside. Oh, oh man! No, I'm not. Oh no! <laughs> starting this off. That's starting off, this episode off-air stuff. Starting this episode strong, Ben. <laughs> um, before we get into our week, though, which actually two weeks, we're back for two weeks. Uh, hey, sorry, you know, two of us are out of town. Hey, vacations are really nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before we get into our, our weeks, though, uh, we're we have a lot of links in the description because you know what? We don't just do one show, guys. We do a lot of shows. We do that for you. We do that for you. Only you. Oh, we do it mostly for us. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the links in the description. Um, Ryan, you did not have a downright annoyed this week, but you did last week. It's true. Can you remind me of the movie? Grand Budapest? Yeah, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, that movie is so good, you guys. Oh, I, good. <laughs> I think it's Wes Anderson's best movie. Uh, uh, I like a lot of his movies, and I think that one just has so many layers to it. Uh, it's just it's just gorgeous inside and out. Uh, uh, Ray Fiennes is so good in it. Um, uh, I like it a lot. Great, great. Ten out of ten. Love that movie so much. I haven't seen that movie in a while. I love it. Definitely, uh, definitely. As an adult, I love that movie so much more. It's so good. Uh, I also uh, have uh, Kaiju Kaiju Ramen in the, in the description again, but this time because the physical copy is available on their website, kaijuramen.com, where you can get the physical copy of issue three. Look at that. Look at that. There's Godzuki. Look at him. Uh, what is got noodles? Are those nudes? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah he's it's ramen. ramen bar. Mm. And there's there's Papa Godzilla, voiced by pa- Frank Welker. Papa G. Um, uh, anyway, yeah, so you can, there's a lot of really cool articles. Obviously, I'm plugging it because mine is in here. Um, I'm the centerfold. I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, nice. You know, look, it, it, it's, it's I, I can't believe I, they let me do this, and I'm really grateful for it. So uh, thank you, Kaiju Ramen. Woo, woo, woo. That's awesome, dude. Um, and Ben, you yes. have an old school gamer magazine article that you just put up today. Yep, just put it up today. So I am, as you guys know, I'm playing through all the Metroid games. I am on the last one, Metroid Fusion. And years ago, like when I, back when I was a kid, when the game out, came out in 2002, I had the game, mm-hmm. couldn't beat it. I had no idea what to do, no idea where to go. I was a very patient kid. All the cutscenes happened. I skipped through it. just want to get to the gameplay. And then as I'm replaying it now, I realize, holy shit, this game is amazing. 
And so that article is about going back to something old because what was old is new again. Yeah, there that's, you go. That's nostalgia. Um, so all, all those are linked below, as well as a bunch of shows that we did, as I probably shouldn't have let in from the we do shows to things that aren't shows, but whatever. Um, we're here now. There's a couple of fake nerds watches in the in the description below. Um, there are uh, there is one episode of What If uh, for issue for episode four of What If. Um, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? That's yeah, true. I think so. That's true. Um, yeah, so that's in the description. Um, you can check out what we thought about that. We just recorded an episode for five and six, so stay tuned for that coming. Um, there is also an episode of Lower Decks. Season two, episode four, uh, in the description with me and I think just Cookie, mm. um, and just a little podcast. Uh, just so you guys know, Fakers Watch is isn't it? Isn't it episode five? Episode five is also in the description. Okay. Um, so there's four and five in the description. Ooh. Episode five um, is in the description, and that one's with uh, Downright Nerdies, Michael Carl's, and Just a Little Podcast Cookie. Uh, we don't just talk about episode five of Lower Decks. We also talk about Star Trek Day. Um, Star Trek Day is not in the news this week because I did an hour long podcast with the two of them talking mm-hmm. about all the big reveals from Star Trek Day. Uh, so stay, so check that out. That was a lot of fun. Uh, nice. We got to we got to rag on Picard a bit, which is always kind of nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's cathartic, is what it is. Yeah. Um, there is a basement arcade pause menu. There's yes, two there basement arcades pause menus. There is. The first one is, um, or the older one is uh, you, Brandon, myself, and Ryan. We talked about the PS5 showcase that happened two weeks ago. Yeah, we think by now. It's an eternity in my in my mind. <laughs> Time is weird. Yeah. Time's so, Yeah. So when that happened, the three of us sat down. We talked about all the big trailers that came out for that. That which was really awesome. And the episode I did with Ali Sai from Australia is up right now. That was a good conversation, even though I was really trying hard to not fall asleep because we were recording that at two o'clock in the morning. For one me. second, Sparks, because you weren't there. What was you can only choose one? What was your most excited thing about the PlayStation Showcase? Only one. A single, a single one. Spider-Man Two. Yeah, that's a good one. How yeah. do you not? How do you not? That's pretty good. Sorry, Ben, go ahead. Um, no, that, that's pretty much uh, the episode. Okay. And then, Sparks, before you went on vacation, we found the time to do Animation Station for Adventure <laughs> Time Distant Lands Obsidian, the second special. Yes. Do you want to say anything about it? No. The episode <laughs> speaks for itself. Dude, that's <laughs> the most David Lynch thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't um, it the directed cats like the the first one? No, <laughs> no, no. I remember there's this bit, so there's one of you guys were talking about the guy who directed the first cats thing. And they directed like, Dune. Yeah, but then they're like, "Hey, what's it about?" It's like, "Hey, it's about cats." And then oh, they just that's a Lindsay it. Ellis video essay I watched right there. That never mind. No, but it wasn't David Lynch. That's Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Uh, okay. He's I get them confused all the time, so I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, I got to recenter myself. That really threw me. You got a great shirt right now, Brandon. Whoever I got do. that for you, man, just like, I do. Great taste. I may be talking about this in the in, in our weeks. Oh, mm. snap. Um, Brandon, uh, do you want to say anything about Obsidian? I do. Great. Uh, Go ahead. 
I really enjoyed that conversation with you. Um, I was in pretty bad lighting, so I had the episode play on my parents' 80-inch TV while I was talking about it. Um, you can't see the TV in the screen, but the, the light is sharing on my face. Um, I love that episode, so I was really excited that we finally got to sit down and talk about it because I think you and I were very much of the same opinion, and we just had a grand old time. That's true. Yeah. All right. That's all the descriptions, the description links. Check those guys out. Um, oh, I have one more. Shoot. Conversation. There's a conversation in the link that I did with Christian Renteria. That was last week. Next week, because I've moved the I've moved conversation to every other week, next week will be Travis Alexander from the Kaiju Weekly Podcast. Um, Christian what came on came on conversation, had a really awesome talk with him. Um, I you know, there are there are episodes where where conversation really just clicks. And I think that's one of them. So it was a good episode. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm a lot. I lied. I hated it. Oh no. <laughs> well, did David lying. Lynch do the last fit conversation? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was a, it was a prequel. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, uh, that the guy doing a podcast for long as he did by himself is is a real a real feat upon itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Um. All right. That's all the description links. Uh, make sure to like this video. Subscribe to the channel. Get all all sorts of cool stuff. All right. Who wants to go first of the week? I want to hear about Sparks this week. Because he hasn't been here, and I've been with the cats the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really covering two weeks, which thank God for that, because I don't have a lot of content to share. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on vacation in Disney World um, this last week, which was both very fun and incredibly exhausting. Um, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time gloating about being on vacation. Um, no, you know, I just want to hear the cool things you did. Like, you, people deserve vacations, my guy. Uh, Mickey and Minnie's Railway is a new favorite ride of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't wait for that to open in 2023. That's coming. <laughs> yeah, that's coming here in Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, real quick, like, what what is that? Like, what's what's cool about it? So those new modern Mickey Mouse shorts. You're taken into that. Um, what's really incredible about it is the way. God, I don't want to spoil this. The way that they take you into the ride, um, mm-hmm. what brings you into the ride, I don't want to say what that is. Um, is I it like, it. is it like a Peter Pan ride, just like like extremely like like uprest? Or it's like... much, it's much closer to um, Rise of the Resistance. Oh, I was going to ask you. I, no I was going to ask you that. Like the level. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Because you said you said how they bring you they bring you into a ride very uh, a different way. Rise of the Resistance. You go into the ride very originally. Uh, this, I really liked. This is also the third, I think, third uh, after Rise of the Resistance uh, attraction to use the same uh, free moving vehicle system. Oh um, wow! Oh, and, okay. And the next one will be uh, the Ratatouille ride that's about to open in Epcot. Is also using that system. Wow. Uh, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that the ride like functions exactly the same. It's just the way the vehicles move, which means they're trackless. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it it allows for them to lo- do a lot of cool things. Uh, there's, I don't mind sharing this detail. There's this part. I rode that three times. There's this part where. <laughs> uh, you're in a factory and then it turns into the forest. And when it turns into the forest, I noticed the third time that the buildings that are square like this, they have projections on them to make them look like the animation style, like you're living in it. Uh Uh, They fold like kites down into the trees. 
So it was like this, and then it's a tree. And I'm like, wow, I can't, like, I watched it happen, and I was still amazed. <laughs> um, it's it, it's got a lot of incredible technology around it. That's definitely, like, one of my top-tier things. Um, their Haunted Mansion is a little better than ours. I oh, hate to yeah. say it. <laughs> no, I... I kind of agree with you on that one. I, I love our Haunted Mansion, but the little extra stuff that they have and just the, the queue in the, for Haunted Mansion, their Haunted Mansion, 10 times better than the queue that we had. That that's we the one That's the one based on the Eddie Murphy movie, right? <laughs> no. No, it's based off the Guillermo del Toro one. Oh, um, the one that never came out. Yeah, yeah. In, in general, like my take on Disney World is that, you know, they many of the things are allowed to take advantage of the fact that they have the space to build bigger. The Hollywood Tower Hotel is a great example because they still have Tower of Terror and the whole Tower Hotel is built more to scale and your queue is like actually traveling up the drive to the hotel oh, and all that kind cool. of stuff. Also, yeah, so it's very... The, the differences from when we had Tower of Terror before it became Guardians of the Galaxy to Florida's is to me staggering because that Florida's version was so i enjoyed that one a lot more than i did ours I, I loved ours don't get me wrong but that one when i first wrote that was like damn that's the tower of terror well well again like it's all a space thing yeah so they have the space to make it so that when you're going on their tower of terror there's a part where it takes you through the hotel like your thing disengages from the elevator and goes into the twilight zone mm -hmm. and then you get to the up down bit whereas ours was just like the up down bit um that being said, <laughs> I was also surprised at how little there is to each individual park of Disney World. Mm -hmm. um, to the point where I was like, oh, this is only hard to do in a day because it's so spread out, not because there's so much to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's genuinely surprising to me how, how much people would have to fill a day in a park before a lot of the newer things have opened up. Um, but I still enjoyed my time. It was nice to uh, to get to experience things. I went to Animal Kingdom, which has been like childhood dream ever since it opened. Mm -hmm. uh, I probably should have watched Avatar again at some point. <laughs> uh, I, found, I found Pandora disappointing. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a lack of familiarity with uh, the movie. Maybe it's the fact that we couldn't be there at night because it closed at sunset. So oh, that's what it's see. like. Yeah. So I didn't get to. So I didn't get to see what it looks like at night. But that yeah. being said, I still kind of wasn't that impressed in the daytime, to be honest. Like it's it's cool that they built it, but I still kind of go. I and honestly, maybe it's because Batu existed before I got there. Mm -hmm. uh, like before I experienced that, I experienced Batu, and I'm like Batu makes me feel like I'm there. Pandora still just is like, hey, here's the structures of Pandora, but like, I don't feel like I'm there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I got that. Uh, did, you that like said, did you like Fly a Passage at least? I did like Fly of the Passage. Okay. That's, uh, their, that's I, their Avatar ride? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's did you, very did you cool. ride a dragon? Yes, uh, the Banshee. <sighs> um, what's cool about that ride system, I'm sure Ben will attest to it as well, is yeah, that like you you are on a thing that is very structured, similar to the way, uh, though not quite Venice forward, the way the Tron ride operates. Um, so you're sitting on it kind of like a bike. And then uh, when you're riding on the Banshee, you can hear it breathing, but you can also feel something pushing on your legs to simulate Ooh. the breathing of the Banshee. 
that's pretty oh, cool. I'll bet yeah. the, the breathing. <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty impressive. There's a really cool creature that wasn't in the movie, at least I can't recall, that lives in the ocean that I was like, well, that's pretty darn neat. Um, that makes me want to see it in another Avatar movie. Maybe not so much that I would want an Avatar movie if there wasn't going to be one, but now that I know there will be one, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to see that creature. Oh, there's uh, not one, baby. There's four. But uh, and, go ahead. No, I was going to say I kind of test because when I went um, a few years ago to Animal Kingdom, when right after or a while after Pandora opened, we were only there during the day. We didn't get to experience Pandora at night, and they cl- and we were there in the winter, so it closed when the park was you know it was well after dark. But the way we had our day planned out, we were only there for the first half of the day. And then we had to go somewhere else for the evening because we had something else planned. Yeah, I, I dedicated a lot of time to Animal Kingdom because it, it was a, a passion of mine to go there. And I think if you want to see the animals, which I did, Animal Good. Kingdom totally lives up to... It's a park that centers around the Lion King. Like, I'm not going to be disappointed. Um <laughs> Saw Festival of the Lion King front row seats. That was awesome. Nice. Yeah, that was a good show. Yeah. I like that show a lot. My mom had to be in a wheelchair part of the time. So, uh, oh no, it was like it was all preventative. Like my mom has has arthritis in her legs. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were like, this is a lot of days at a time when my mom hasn't done a lot of walking around for about a year and a half because of a pandemic. So uh, we were like, hey, you know, maybe if you're kind of feeling tired at the end of a day, let's just get in a wheelchair. Um, I got the, I got the rental no problem. The wheelchair rentals are very easy to do, um, so that just made it easier. Made it so that she had a better time rather than pushing herself, which was really important. Another friend of ours who was on the trip had also been recently recovering from a stroke, uh, so he and my mom were kind of switching between the wheelchair for most of the trip, um, which is good that we did it because honestly, it, it would have gone much, been much harder for both of them without it. Mm-hmm. All in all, you all had fun? All in all, we all had fun. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's a standout to me. Yo, so there's a ride in Animal Kingdom called Dinosaur. Yes! The 2000 movie Dinosaur. Thank you, Sparks. Which I was everybody... ask you about They that. never that's took it my... down. That's one of my favorite rides in Animal Kingdom. I love that ride. So um, that ride is Indiana Jones, and I'm not just saying that to be uh, pedantic. It's literally the track of Indiana Jones with the same vehicle. That's funny. Dinosaurs. But instead, but instead, it's dinosaurs, and I'll I gotta say I like it a little better. <laughs> That's illegal. Hey, uh, hey, Sparks, that is not our dino. No, that's not our a dino. museum. That's uh, a lot of I sorry. No, go ahead. Yours more no, important. No, I was going to say when uh, Jeff first took me to Disney World back in 2012, we went to Animal Kingdom, and we rode Dinosaur five times that day. It, that ride and Expedition Everest were our two favorites. I mean, obviously the the Kilimanjaro Safari was amazing. We did that first thing in the morning, but um, Everest and Dinosaur were the ones we just kept going back and forth, just constantly going on that those rides. We loved those rides. Yeah, those those were both good. Um, I was really happy we got to do Dinosaur because it looked like we weren't going to. It was down for most of the day. Yeah. Uh, and then in the last few hours, it opened up and we were like, yes! I remember yes. that movie. I remember that movie being decent. 
You know, um, I put on the first five minutes to just remind everybody else in my group what it was. Yeah. Because I was like, no, you all definitely saw part of it, at least at some point. Uh-huh. And so we put it on. And the dinosaur animation actually holds up surprisingly well. But the lemur animation... Not so much. <laughs> oh, no. No, no. Well, so there's, uh, uh, there's another funny bit uh, in Epcot that I want to bring up, which is that we went on a ride that had just reopened after the pandemic called Living with the Land, um, which is a cool, like, environmentally, like, this is what we do to take care of our vegetables and how we grow the, the like, vegetables and fruit we use at the parks. And I'm like, well, that's really neat. And, like, you're actually taken through the greenhouses and everything. And, like, it's a it's a cool think about our environment kind of thing which is which is great but i was sitting on it and i'm like man taking a kid on this (laughs) they would be so upset it's like a boat ride like pirates of the caribbean through their greenhouses and like projections and things about about doing it which was totally fine for a five minute wait and we were like great we'll do this and we just wanted to experience it. it was great but there's this part where you go through a greenhouse and then there's a different section where it's focused on a whole other thing. And then you come out into a second greenhouse and I'm like, oh, I could just see the kid right now just going, are you kidding me? A second <laughs> greenhouse? Vegetables again? I want candy. That was... That's that was uh, how I feel as an adult on It's a Small World because you think they're going to stop saying it and they just don't. <laughs> Um, there were there were a chunk of things that we just didn't even bother to do uh, because we either knew that they weren't as good as ours here or we have them here and we just weren't that interested. Those were things like pirates and it's a small world. Um, we just didn't make the time for them. We decided to prioritize other things. You didn't miss much. Uh, small world's better. That's I uh, I heard the same thing about pirates and I was like oh, I'm not going to worry about it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else of of major note. I really like Hollywood Studios. Um, it's just shocking to me how spread out it is, uh, in the sense of like, there's not a lot here, but it takes me 35 minutes to get from here to there. Um, did you go over to, and over again? Did you go to Toy Story Land? Cause that was under construction when I went. Yes, we did. We went to Toy Story How was uh, the stinky dog ride? Cause I've only heard good things about it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't say it's worth the weight that it usually has, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think it's definitely worth doing. It's a solid okay. ride. I wish I wish we could have gone back and done it at night. That just mm-hmm. didn't work out in our trip because of the way things happened. Yeah. Um, because I feel like going about with Toy Story Land with the Christmas lights on and everything would have been uh, a good experience. But I think Toy Story Land is pretty cool. Um, it was at a slight disadvantage because like outside of Slinky Dog Dash, it's only other rides are like a little spinny one that i didn't feel like like no one in our group really felt like doing and then uh midway mania which is just a clone of what we have here yeah um so it didn't get a ton of my attention but i did enjoy it that's good all right yeah uh definitely uh for me like the show stealers were tower terror and mickey and minnie's runaway railway we also did get to do rise of the resistance uh and that's that's great my mom got to do it for the first time oh nice yeah, she loved it. Um, I'll Rise of the Resistance still super solid ride. Did you like a rock and roller coaster, or did you not go on that one? We did not get to go on that one because when we oh. planned to go on it, it was down. Oh, um, oh. and Ugh. the other thing was, uh, I uh, only two of us wanted to ride it, and I was one of them. Okay. And and so like it was hard to coordinate out in our day. 
So it yeah. just ended up not happening. Okay. Uh, something to do next time. I will inevitably go again. Um, yeah. yeah, Disney World, a, a good experience. I'm glad that I finally went. Um, but what I hear is West Coast, still best coast. West Coast, still best coast. I can't lie. Um, yeah, don't lie. Don't lie. Don't deny. The, the, thing, is, the thing is, if you, if you are going for like, if you are doing a Disney vacation for like purposely, you're like, I want a week and a half of Disney stuff. Then go to Disney World because there's way more for you to do and like different experiences for you to have that you can spread out across that time and have breaks in between and do all that kind of stuff. You should never do a week and a half at Disneyland and California Adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you are that is a waste of your time. But if sure. you are only going for like two to three days, go to Disneyland and California Adventure. Like that is the better use of your money and your time. If I may interject for a hot second, um. East Coast is better for Universal because they have two parks and they're very easy to get to, whereas um, ours, I mean, it's fun. But once again, if you're only here for a short time, do our Universal for a day and you have a vacation planned, go to Universal over in Florida. Like a long, longer vacation. Yeah, what he says, yeah. yeah. Can't, I can't speak to that, but it, it makes sense. Like they have the more yeah. spread out space to do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Anyway, when I wasn't doing that, <laughs> which which was a lot of my week and a lot of my time i admit uh i did watch what if but we talked about that somewhere else so um megan and i watched a couple episodes of behind the attraction in anticipation of our trip uh that's a great series on disney plus y'all should watch it um i know you like it enough uh you like disney enough that you would get a kick out of like how they design jungle cruise how they design haunted mansion etc cetera, etc cetera. i've only seen uh, the first episode but i really liked it it was real good. Uh, the Haunted Mansion one is the next episode, and I highly recommend it. You learn some really neat stuff. Cool. Um, a lot of how, like, what a miracle it is that the Haunted Mansion works the way it does, because for for years, years, they couldn't decide what the tone of the Haunted Mansion was supposed to be. Was it supposed to be fun or scary? Like, fun spooky or scary spooky? Yeah. Yes. And they could not... <laughs> right. And they basically ended up with Yes, uh, but, but the balance of it happens just to land perfectly, and there's definitely a lot of versions you can see where it would not have. Yeah, it's okay, Mag. You did not miss a lot. I mostly talked about Disney World. Um, Mac talked about has um, his alert betrayed him. Yeah. I I watched not this previous week's episode of Only Murders in the Building, but the week before because I haven't caught been able to catch up yet. But that is a hot show, guys. I, really I keep man. It. I keep hearing about it. Me too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's super good. I also watched a bunch of Mickey Mouse cartoons. Go oh, figure. There, <laughs> those are really good, guys. I think that animation's incredible. But I've been a fan of those forever, so I just watched a bunch of them. Uh-huh. Um, I read some Venom before I left. Venom. Still reading Venom, and then I'm probably going to be reading a bunch of other things in Marvel, but. Not right now, because I'm reading Dune, baby. Oh, the Bene Gesserit, yep. the, the, oh, I had other words, other words, I forgot them all. That is Constantly, coming up. I was reading it on the airplane. And Muad'Dib. Megan, Megan, Megan was just watching me, like, every couple of pages have to go, what the, what the, bro, <laughs> I, in the index, what is this? So I'm just going to jump in real quick because it's part of my week too. I'm listening to the audiobook and it is actually like the full audiobook. Like it's 20 hours. Like it's a long ass thing. I'm up to chapter nine. I am so into it, you guys, especially because the audiobook 
rips, man. The voices are so good. The atmosphere, uh, you know, they had steps, they had music and sound. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm so into these characters. Like I cannot wait to see this movie. I am so hyped. Ooh. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that's all. I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying reading the book. Uh, but I definitely like. Megan was like, "Is that another word? You don't know what it." I'm like, "He's making shit up. I don't know what this is." <laughs> it's our universe. Yeah, I, I uh, I wasn't gonna talk about it, but I, I I picked it back up. I got about halfway done at the end of last year, and I was like, "I got time." Now I don't, so I really got to finish that. I. Uh, it is an audiobook, but I find it to be a very easy read. Listen. Yeah. I don't know. It's a lot um, better hearing people say Ben Jesuit than reading and going like, what the hell? I, I think <laughs> exactly. So, so a friend of ours who was on the trip, uh, his name is Scott, friend of the podcast. Um, Hi, Scott. He, he uh, saw that I was reading it. And he's like, man, I could never, I, I feel for you. Cause I can't, I can't read Dune. And I'm like, oh yeah. And he's like, I keep like the second I get to the second chapter, I always hit a wall and I just can't do it. it and I was like, you know, that's really fair. I think if you can't get over the hump of the second chapter, Dune is just a really hard book to read. And it's because it throws a whole lot of like characters you're not going to interact with for another 140 pages and concepts that aren't going to come into play for those 140 pages and world setup and words you don't know because he's making it all up. He, it, chapter two throws a lot of that at you. And it's, that is the hump. That is the hump to get over. Mm-hmm. Um, it's know. dense. It's it's dense. It's a lot, yeah. And, but but like, and then after chapter two, I feel like it starts to settle and ease you back in. But chapter two is like a big hard punch. Like That's, get this shit in your head, and you're like, that is, <laughs> that is such a good analogy because I remember reading reading getting to the second chapter because I was trying to read one a night, and so I got to the second chapter. And I'm like, oh man, I really got to read this for the show though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But once it, but what, look, it became a quick read after I was done with it. Yeah, um, it, I think it's got a lot of important world set up, but it is it that that chapter specifically is very thick with many words you have to go back to the book, uh, back of the book and look up if you're not familiar with them, mm-hmm. and uh, and a lot of like this is how the world works, and you're like, I guess so. That's what you're saying, <laughs> um, and then everything after that is a little more like slow and going like like. Here's Paul. Here's what Paul's doing with his dad. He's like, okay, I get, I get all these pieces. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that more when we talk about the book club. But I thought uh, when he brought that in, up to me, I'm like, that's a pretty month. fair point. Chapter two is hard. Yeah. Um, chapter two is a hard chapter to get through. And I think if the whole book was like that, I'd find it really stuffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not. So uh, the last thing I want to talk about is I made some time. Um, because I, I really wanted to watch it. I wanted to give it a chance before it was off HBO Max. I watched um, Reminiscence with Hugh oh, yeah. Jackman, um, which is the the future noir uh, movie. And I will say it's all right. <laughs> it's not it's not bad. It's pretty close to good, uh, but it's it's not quite it's not quite there. Mm-hmm. And I wish it was. But the most the most cool thing about it, I think, is its uh, its world. Um, and I think if you watch a lot of old noir, and I mean, like, if you've watched a lot of old noir films, you know exactly what movie it is. You know exactly mm-hmm. what it's doing, why it's doing it, uh, and it is made in the style of those old films. 
by a female director, which is awesome. Lisa um, Joy, creator of Westworld, co-creator of Westworld. Yeah. Uh, and if you can get on board with that vibe, even though the plot is, in most ways, I will say, predictable, um, then you can have a good time with it. Because the world is interesting enough. I... But, I... Go ahead. But, uh, but I definitely, like, I wish it had the punch that I could say, man, great movie. I also watched that because it was leaving HBO Max and I wanted to give it a shot. Uh, I thought it was pretty solid all in all, uh, uh, although I will not disagree with anything Sparks said. Um, when, how much time do I have to reminisce? Today. It's gone tomorrow. It's, yeah, it's gone tomorrow. Sorry, you Jackman. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have enough time. Uh, the, I think Hugh Jackman's pretty, I think Hugh Jackman's pretty good in the role. And I, 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 I honestly props on the ending. I thought it was I thought it was pretty bold of them to end it that way. I thought so too, except for the very, very last yeah. uh, part of the ending. I didn't like. Um, oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm sure you do, and I didn't like that. Yeah. I, I wish they'd left that part out. Um uh the biggest problem for me was that I found which is something I don't normally feel when I watch noir movies, is I found the antagonist the the ultimate bad guy for the movie i found that character lacking uh mm -hmm. in a pretty major way of having any kind of real presence in the film and it's also partially that i find that problem a lot with that actor but it's also just the problem of how they were used in this movie and i was like man this is not a good noir antagonist uh I have seen much better and they, they drag down the film because in the second half they become pretty important. Um, and they, they really bring it down a notch for me. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'm glad I watched it though. Uh, I, oh, I, me too. Me too. Yeah. Like I, I still think like I I've seen, I was trepidatious about doing it because I looked at the Rotten Tomato score and I saw a lot of the reviews. That's my blinkers. Oh, she, heard your, she heard your voice. Uh, I've been trepidatious about it because I saw a lot of really bad reviews and I was like, oh man, that's a real bummer because I was really hopeful for that, that it was going to hit that, that noir punch. And I'm like, no, it does. It does. I think that the reviews are maybe, maybe like a good 30% too harsh on it. Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's much, much more in line of like what it's going for. I think it's executing very well most of the time. And the world is really cool. The concept of this world that is slowly drowning and what that's doing to people uh, and this, that like, I wish we could have explored that world more, but that's not what you do in a noir film. Um, yeah. And it committed to that noir bit, and it did it well. So I'm like, eh, you know, it it hit a lot of what I needed it to. Yeah, um, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of narration from uh, Mag just put a comment on, on it, but there's a lot of narration from Hugh Jackman talking about the war. You know, once the war hit, blah blah blah. Like, but we never know what that war is. We we don't get any explanation of what the outcome of that war essentially was. Uh, and I thought that was really cool, kind of allowing the movie to live in this live in the world it built without exploring it. Although I would have liked to have explored it more. Really, the only important part is like the concept of the privileged and the underprivileged fighting on different sides of that war of yeah. who would end up drowning and who wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of all you need. It's it's really solid class warfare and the implications of a draft. But it's also just a good setup for a world of noir storytelling because it's a world where everyone's kind of embraced the fact that they're all doomed. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. 
Uh, and you don't get that that kind of storytelling a lot. You'll get characters in noir stories that are like, well, I'm doomed, and that's how they behave. They they know that they're on a set path of of eventual death. But um, the whole world behaving that way is a really prime territory for a noir story, and I really like that. Yeah. That's it. That's me. Anyone else? I'll go. Um... I didn't, oh yeah, I, I, I didn't do a lot. Uh, you know, I play Fortnite, I play Marvel's Avengers all the time because those are my comfort games. I did actually read a lot of comics. This is going to sound like a lot, but it's not actually as much as it is. Um, I read Marvel Zombies uh, in anticipation for that episode, which we will talk about. I'll talk <laughs> about the comic and the episode on our on our Fake Nerds Watch episode. Um, I'm still on my Ghost Rider kick. Uh, I'm slowly working on that video. Uh, I'm finally to a point where I bought a new camera, and I think I got the green screen set up right where... Uh, I just got to shoot it and then like edit it and like we're good to go. Um, uh, oh, but I bought Ghost Rider comics. I'm going to start officially collecting Ghost Rider. Uh, I have like all most of if I think I have all of Alan Moore Swamp Thing, maybe some special or something, but I have his original run. Uh, and this is like the first character that I've like fallen in love with in like a long time where I'm like, yo, I want that. I want to own it. Uh, so I have like like 11 issues of Danny Ketch's run. I don't have number one because that's a little more expensive. Um I almost bought a Frankenstein's last week, the first appearance of uh, the original Ghost Rider, the Phantom Rider. It was $75 and it was really good condition. But I'm like, ah, I don't need to do that. Um, but yeah, Ghost Rider's cool, guys. I'm going to talk about it probably the rest of my life. Um, I read a lot yeah. of. Huh? Oh, yeah. It's, it's I'm just so happy. I'm so happy that you're doing that. I'm glad. Um, I read a lot of Chris Claremont's X-Men. Um, I've read some of his stuff before, but thanks to Marvel Unlimited, uh, they actually have a really great thing called the Chris Claremont Reading Order. So you can start from his very first comic, and then he like he did a bunch of stuff on Miss Marvel. And it's like, hey, here's the first thing he did on X-Men. I'm like, cool. Now I have like 20 years of comics to read. So I'm going to read that uh, in anticipation of Inferno, because that's going to be Jonathan Hickman's last thing, and that's dealing with Moira stuff. Really excited about that. Um, I read a bunch of digital comics this week uh, because they're, it's all the rage these days, you guys. And did anyone else read yeah. the Wayne Family Adventures on Webtoons? Not yet. Oh, uh, you guys are... Oh, ooh. It's so good. I can't even... It's just really good. It's so wholesome. It's so fun. Like, it's it's by a Webtoon, like, team. Um, It's just... It's, it's perfect. Like, it's truly perfect. It's a perfect comic. Um... Moving into the Marvel edition of the Webtoons, uh, Infinity Comics. They released a bunch of Infinity Comics, uh, X-Men, Black Widow, Captain America, and Shang-Chi. Um, they're all really fun. They're all really great. I think my favorite one is probably the Captain America one. That's written by Jay Edidin, who did the Cyclops Snapshots issue. Uh, that's a really, really great up-and-coming writer. They do Jane Miles Explain the X-Men, which is the most popular X-Men podcast of all time. Uh, so the fact that they're writing comics is super fantastic. Um I caught up on Hellions. That's the one X-Men comic that I'm fully caught up on because it's it rips every single issue. It issue uh, uh, 15. This one was so good. It's so juicy. Like, unfortunately, that book's ending soon. But, like, man, this one, ooh, it's, it, things are happening. Uh, I read some classic 80s She-Hulk by John Byrne. Uh, that guy's kind of gross, but dude, that dude, he's, like, one of the most talented artists on the planet. He draws the most beautiful She-Hulk on the world. Uh, she breaks the fourth wall before Daredevil did. Daredevil. Uh, Deadpool did. Uh, <laughs> The 50th issue of of She-Hulk has John Byrne die, and it, and it has the Marvel editors talk to She-Hulk about the replacement artist, and then there's a bunch of pages of different artists interpreting like that page of She-Hulk, and it's a really cool comic, and it's like making fun of the Marvel editors, like the like Mark Gruenwald and like all these guys. Um, it's really really good stuff, and I'm like, 
I've been reading a lot of old comics, you guys. It turns out they're pretty good. Spoiler alert. Um, I've been reading a lot of uh, Ben Riley 90s Spider-Man for no reason at all. Oh, wait, because he's the new Spider-Man. Um, that's really cool. Back then, he's kind of just like, oh, woe is me. I'm not Peter Parker. So, like, I want to read some more modern stuff where he has his own personality. Um, I listened to nine chapters of Dune. That book is awesome. I highly recommend the, the audiobook. And then I watched all of the Evangelion Rebuild movies. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I don't have enough words to talk about those movies in this short-ass description, and this thing's already running long, so, like, I already got an Evangelion tattoo. I don't need to get another one. I'll probably need to get another one. Uh, I got room right here for it, baby. There's some cool, there's some cool shit in those movies, you guys. I can't, I can't believe it. I what really, a, what a, what a thing. Uh, as I mentioned before, Sparks blown me the first three movies, so I watched them. Uh, I've not seen the fourth one yet. I tried to find time this week. I just, I just couldn't. No, I get um, it. But, uh i really really like the third one yeah i like i don't want to say literally anything because going into that movie without knowing anything it is truly a ride uh uh that is it might be my favorite everything and it's like almost so disconnected from the original series it's wild I have, um i have a quick question of the you watched them on amazon right yeah okay at the end of the credits of every of every rebuild movie there was a preview for the next film do they keep those in the amazon Oh, I, I, I don't know. Cause I didn't, uh, uh, once the credits hit, I kind of just stopped. I, it, I didn't. It's really funny because it lies. Oh. And it, it's, it's like, it's, it's Hideki Anno being like, Hey, here's the next movie. Not really. But though. not really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like, oh, there's like a like like a fake out of what the third movie is. That's all. Well, the 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 second one, the the one for the first one's not not too dissimilar, but uh, it is still messing with you in a way. But the second one, the second one is not the mo- same movie. Like that is if if there was a movie that the third one became, that's yeah. what the trailer we saw for. But there is nothing that remained of that I third mean, that third movie. That third one is the mo- the one that had the most production problems and had the most like time. Like there was a huge time or not the biggest time gap, not as much as three to four. But like I can imagine something's changed in that production. Uh, but I would actually that makes me want to go watch that next next on Evangelion movie yeah. to see to see what that could be. Um, yeah, those movies are just so cool. And, and like it's still true to Evangelion, but they're like they're radically different, and it's really cool. My favorite thing I always talk about is like time, and it's like what time could do to a property. And Hideki Anno is not the same person he was 25 years ago, and it's just really cool to see him like tell the same story in a superbly different way. Uh, and you eventually you guys will see it, and you'll be like, oh wow, those are oh, yeah. No, I'm yeah. excited to to watch them and do discussions about them. Maybe maybe Christmas this year, guys. Maybe we'll come together. Hell yeah. Um, I'm sure I read. I have a bunch of other comics over here. There's the the last annihilation event, mini event happening right now, and I read a couple of those issues. Um, I can't find my sword number seven, and I'm really mad because that's like the one issue in the event that I'm like waiting. Like I can't read anything else unless I get that one. So I'm like, I have like 200 comics right here, uh, and I'm like, I'll have to find it. But like Al Ewing is cool. He wrote a Cable issue, uh, and Cable's like, you know what all these powers are for? And he's in space, and he's like bullets, and I'm like, hell yeah, Cable. Uh, just really, really (laughs) stupid fun stuff. Um. Comics are cool, guys. I love comics again. Happy birthday. Uh, ben? <clears throat> okay, yeah. Um, what did I do? So, as as I said earlier, I'm playing through all the Metroid games. I beat Super Metroid, and I'm playing through Fusion. Super Metroid is absolutely fantastic. And Metroid Fusion is also kick-ass. So, if you have a chance, or if you have a Wii U, definitely download that, because that is an amazing Metroid game. Highly, highly love it. Or if you still have your GBA copy, then sweet. 
Um, I've been watching DuckTales as a bit of a comfort show because I've been uh, coming home from work. Work has uh, the last, not the, the week, but the week we took off was a really hard week. And I was coming home and I'm like, I just need some fun. I just need to do something. So I, it was either playing a bit of Metroid Fusion or watching DuckTales. And I just got finished the Darkwing Duck episode of DuckTales. It is, as Brian's been saying for a while, it is a fantastic show. Amazing. Max said it himself, uh, woohoo. And yeah, DuckTales is, DuckTales is awesome. Uh, I'm so happy you're finally going through that third season. There's so much that I was finally able to unload on you. We were playing Knockout City the other day that I've just been holding back. Yeah, even I was like texting you a bit. So I was like, holy shit, this is going on in, in DuckTales right now. That's awesome how they integrated this other famous 90s Disney afternoon show. And they integrate it so well that it's just done like, man, this, the way they do it, it's not shoehorned in. It's not done disrespectfully. It's just they found a way to put it in and it makes sense. That's one of the things I absolutely love about DuckTales. Get ready to cry. Oh, I, I'm probably, I'm probably going to cry at the end of this, uh, at the end of this. Um, let's see. I have a whole bunch of comics. Haven't even touched them. I have Dune barely touched that. Uh, it's coming up. I know. I know. And, uh, also I went to Frankenstein's with Ryan. That was really fun. We were looking at comic books and, uh, I found this DS and I actually got it. I got it. I got it this weekend. So yeah, I got update uh, upgraded system. Yay! Good for you. And also, uh, you guys really don't care, but I've been watching football with my mom. It's been really nice just to sit back and relax with her. And the Raiders are now two and zero. So woohoo, go Raiders! Nice. Yeah, and that's pretty much all. I'm nothing. Oh, I got this sick ass hat and a sick ass jersey that you guys saw on my Instagram. But that's about it. Ryan, I am too high for what you just did. I have no idea what he's, he did. He's muted. He's <laughs> muted. <laughs> what did I do? I, you were gone and then you were there. And that oh, was that's just... the magic of technology. <laughs> I'm just, wow. I'm All just right. trying to find, look at this ghost, this ghost rider 2099. Look at that spooky Terminator. Uh, Ryan, I particularly loved your pop-up ghost rider comic. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, oh, that was like, so cool. That's like, like, I can't. That's like for like five year olds, but like five year olds who are like metalheads. Like it's radical. You just open it so, up, and he's like, "Oh, cool." Uh, Megan saw it first and shared it with me while we were on the trip, and she's like, uh, "Ryan's got a really cool comic," and I'm like, yeah. "Oh yeah." And she's like, "It's a Ghost Rider pop up," and I'm like, "Yo, what?" <laughs> like the 25th issue double size, and like the centerfold is like a pop up, and I'm like, "What?" I thought it was gonna be a poster, but then I opened it, and it's literally straight like a Willy Wonka book, and I'm like, "Wow." <laughs> yeah, right. comments, comments are uh what's the word um cool uh, no no like when they try to do something like uh god uh nifty nope um inventive inventive sure a gimmick original like gimmicky. gimmicky like they do holographic covers 3d covers uh pop-ups was hot in the 90s i'm gonna find more of those uh okay my turn yeah yes seems like it so i have not been reading a lot of comics i i am trying to get back into my comics because it's getting ridiculous um but i i so i picked up a little bit more of invincible read read a couple more issues of that uh angstrom levy is such a cool character yeah 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 yeah. I can't, um, oh man i can't i forgot that show existed and never that stuff's coming back i'm like oh such good stuff i can't wait for that second season mm -hmm. uh there are still plot elements in this from the first season that i haven't even gotten to yet so mm -hmm. you know it's gonna be crazy what they oh man there's a whole issue dedicated to alan the alien oh the, the sex scenes may not hold up very well, but the humor does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I all, but I did read read the fourteenth volume of Dragon Ball Super, the manga, uh, because I read Dragon Ball manga now because I I need my Dragon Ball guys. I need I need my Dragon Ball. I need that fix. <laughs> I need that fix. Uh, so this goes. So this goes through Moro on Earth, Vegeta trying to save the day. He, he fails like most of Super, and uh, it goes to Goku refusing to kill Moro. Uh, <laughs> I really like Dragon Ball Super. I really like this volume. There's a lot of really cool stuff. Agent Miris of the Galactic Patrol is such a cool character. Um, but why Goku got to save the day all the time? Why can't Vegeta save the day? This is what I'm saying. What the hell? I am hotly anticipating the next chapter and what Vegeta's going to do. Uh, it's dropping in 12 hours, I think. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. I'm like, I got to know what's Vegeta <laughs> doing. It's just, it, this is a problem with all of Super, um, the anime going forward. Like, Goku has to be the one who wins. And kind of the really fun part about Dragon Ball Z is that you know, and even Dragon Ball to an extent is that he's not the old he's not the only person who saves the day. Sometimes it's Gohan. Sometimes it's Piccolo. It's always funny though, because they have to like figure out ways to get him out. Like, oh, he has like a heart disease. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason. But, really... Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. Well, it's just, you know, like Goku didn't defeat Cell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This really took center stage when Resurrection F came out because everybody was like, it's gotta be Vegeta. Yeah, like Vegeta's got to be the one to finally beat Frieza because Goku's already done it. It's got to be his moment, and then it pissed everyone off because Vegeta does. But then Goku has to undo and cheat, yeah. uh, and so like Goku gets the win, and it's like, oh, c- come on! <laughs> yeah, and I I like I I just want. Like, it's really cool. There's a lot of cool, really cool stuff with Goku, but there's a lot of really cool stuff with Vegeta. And just once, I get Goku's your hero, but but Goku didn't win the battle each time. Let Vegeta be that character. Let Vegeta beat the big bad at least once. Yeah. Um, and he learned a new move, and I think it looks stupid. Uh, cool new move. Really into the move. Stupid design. <laughs> um. But anyway, so I'm really excited for the next volume. It doesn't come out to January, so uh, Sparks, uh, hook me up, buddy. Hook me up. <laughs> I, will, I will hook you up. Get me in there. Uh, I mean, Sparks is already giving me some anime right now that's I need to watch. So he's he's like, remember back in the day when you were my comic book dealer, Brandon? Yes. Uh, Sparks is uh, now our anime dealer. I, I realize now I shouldn't have done that until you finished Dune. <laughs> You're right. You're probably not. You got a mom. Um, yeah, anyway, I really like the Dragon Ball Super manga. Ultra Instinct is a, is a really cool power that I'm glad to see Goku utilize more. Um, you know, they still got to find a way to get Beerus not involved in something, which I think is always funny. Um, yeah, Moro's a really cool villain and, and, on a, and like one of the coolest villains that Super's designed uh, in just design and, and character and uh, really hope we learn about that anime soon because I'd love to see him in animation. I'm sure it's going to be a while. After the moon. Yeah. I played some KO City, uh, Knockout City, and the superhero event was happening these past two weeks. Um, that was really cool. I really liked the event. It really I was. hope to bring it back. And then uh, I, I up-res my Miles Morales PS4 game to the PS5 because it was a free upgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoo, that was... I, wa- I was running up a building and I was like, is that my shadow? No, it's my reflection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, uh, so it, there are, I don't know if you tried it, but there are two different, most of PS5 games have two different resolution sets. You can either have like 4K resolutions or 60 frames per second, which doubles the frame. So it makes it smoother. You should definitely check it out on the options because like both look great, but like there's something special about 60 frames because almost all PS4 games are 30. And mm-hmm. now we have like true processing where it's like everything's smooth as shit, man. Yeah. Uh, you talking about the 4K stuff actually brought up a specific thing. So from the Disney World trip, um, our hotel room TVs were 4K. Wow. And we watched Tangled and stuff on it. And I'm angry because these 4K TVs look so good. <laughs> and I'm like, I have a 4K TV. How come my shit doesn't look this good? Why is 4K such a vast medium of, yeah, this looks good and this looks whoa like i don't understand i was mad about it yo man 1920 like 4k it's almost double baby um all right so the miles morales game uh i love playing with the controller the ps5 controller the haptic controller feels so cool when you're swinging uh it's giving you like resistance like that was i've not played it with the i've not played a ps5 game with the with the the controller uh because the controller stuff so that was really special I can't wait for you to eventually play Avengers because, like, now there's nine heroes and all of them, like, when you run, there's, like, different movements when they run. When, like, Black Widow, when she shoots her different guns, like, different resistances to her guns, like, it's... That's cool. It's hella cool, man, yeah. Uh, You you definitely should put in the time to play uh, Astro's Playroom. Yeah. Yeah. That's, like, a tech demo. That's hella... Yeah, it's really cool. It's, like, like an hour and a half long, too. It's really quick. All right. I... How, which one do I want to do this? I'll do this order. I watched the la- the last episodes, the last two episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine, ever. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been watching that show since it started, so long ago. Uh, it's my favorite sitcom on TV. Um, I love the cast. I love the characters. Just wanted to say that because it's gone, and I haven't really talked about it a whole lot on the show. Uh, but that was the final two episodes, and I think they really nailed it. Uh, it's another heist gone wrong. Uh, and it just it just goes the wrongest. Um, Terry Crews runs through a wall. And, uh, there's a really sweet moment where uh, all the characters just kind of talk about things because things are ending in the show as well. Uh, yeah, made me cry. Really sad the show's gone. Really happy they went out on their own terms. Yeah, it's really cool because like that show was it was like in a worrisome state for a while, and then yeah. luckily it got picked up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was canceled the fourth season at Fox, and then NBC picked it up uh, to do it again. Um, Mag says, so glad I got to watch it in the comments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I watched the final episode of Lego Masters. <clears throat> Lego Masters is a very good game show in the first season. Um <laughs> The second season had a lot of really great builders, and um, I really liked them, but this is a problem on the editing. Too much Will Arnett, uh, and not enough watching the contestants build. Uh, I, that's what we're here for. We're here to watch these guys build these 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 cool things, uh, the, these freehand builds of, of Lego. Um, and we don't see a lot of that, and that's if you're a show called Lego Masters, you gotta show me some of that. That was a bummer. And then as it got towards the end, it started to become very clear that the judges favored uh, two contestants. These two white kids, uh, uh, Michael and Jacob, Stephen and Jacob. One of their names is Jacob. Doesn't matter. Um, 
they stuck a they for one of the things they had to combine a land and a sea animal so they just stuck a giraffe head on top of a jellyfish and that's what they did and it was ugly and and they weren't uh, in the bottom two i don't say they need to go home but they weren't in the bottom two and that was ridiculous but there's these two asian kids zach and wayne great guys super nice super supportive uh excellent builders they're they're builders excellent builders and storytellers which was a big part part of the season um so they were talking about like the story the story was very important to the judges so they were telling these incredible stories and this incredible builds they clearly should have won but they didn't it was the two white guys mm-hmm. who did not have a good build it's like they're great builders but i'm just like i i don't understand how the judges could be so blind and they have been the, like the past four episodes and it's so frustrating and i'm like is it racist were you just not gonna let the asian people win i didn't know if you knew this brandon but one of the judges their father was a jellyfish so they had they, they had a bias they had a bias oh man that was good <laughs> you gotta right. look out for that jellyfish bias man yeah it's the worst anyway i'm not happy with the way that the with the way the show ended um i though i i do really like it it's a really fun game show it's the only show the of its kind that i watch because it's lego um these guys are super impressive builders and i love watching their watching them free build and then I watched a little show called Doom Patrol. Never heard of it. I started uh, on my vacation, Doom Patrol, because I was like, I'm, I need to finally do this because the third season's coming. Um, you know, whatever. And I'm wearing a Brendan Fraser shirt. I love myself some Brendan Fraser. So I was like, hey, screw it. Let's do it. Uh, it's 15 episodes of some solid superhero TV. Um, I've only watched the first season. I haven't gotten to the second season yet. That's okay. Um it, it's 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 freaking incredible the the characters are so are so well well defined and relatable and like you've heard i mean the audience ben whoever cares you've heard it before it's like it's not your traditional superhero show it's like it, it's not but that's because it's 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 not a superhero show it's a it's a show about misfits trying to fit in and that's just so good yeah it's it's it's, it's a it's a bunch of broken people trying to become better and just all every type of adversary trying to stop them from doing that. And then just going, actually, sometimes you do stop me because I'm broken, but then they fight it and they're like, actually, no, I am becoming better. I am a good person. Yeah. Um, yeah. That show is like, I would, it, it, it reminds me a lot of Legion and, and not just because of how bonkers it is, but how like, just like personal it can get. But like, sometimes I think it gets, it's like, it's even more emotional. Like it like really gets to like the, the core of like who people are and like the trauma they go through. And I'm like, man, Doom Patrol really is like one of the most special, not just comic book shows. It's one of the most special shows like just ever made, man. I love it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree a hundred percent. Welcome to the party brand. <laughs> I, I wanted to, when I was doing it, I was like, you know, it'd be funny. I don't know why I thought this. I was like, you know, it'd be funny if I just tweeted vague tweets about actors in doom patrol and see if i can not say i'm watching doom patrol i don't know why i decided to do that it was a stupid <laughs> idea after my third one i was like i don't fucking care about this uh, so I, 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 I snagged the bait yeah it, it, this is true um so i tweeted about like i missed that constantine tv show because uh willoughby showed up and he's he's uh grant morrison's answer to the fact that they couldn't use constantine in doom patrol mm-hmm. um and i was like yeah i missed that constantine tv show uh, Max says it's one of the best stories to tell DC where it is. Yeah. 
um there's uh uh it, it, um what was i saying i'm sorry i lost track of my thought doom patrol it's super unique and like uh uh, uh it's very it's very hot and special oh uh my, my tweets um uh it was and so I like, and then I posted like, "Oh man, Timothy Dalton's got such a great voice. I miss his Rassilon from Doctor Who." Um, yes, that's right. Um, because like he's in Doctor Who, and I, like I, I love Timothy Dalton anyway. So I was like, "I should watch those those last two episodes of David Tennant again." Um, and he's so good in Doom Patrol, and Alan Tudyk is so good in Doom Patrol. And then I and then I tweeted like, "When isn't 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 uh, a multiple personality disorder with superpowers really cool?" And that's what the one that Ryan took. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, with me. Flex Mentallo. <laughs> Flex Mentallo. Danny the Street is is such the oh my god the episode that Danny Patrol the episode that introduces Danny the Danny yes. the Street is one of the best episodes of the show. Just Matt Bomer has got some pipes on him. Yes, man, I really like it. Hmm? So back in college, I took a comic book class, and Flex Mentallo is one of the books we had to read. Yeah. Brandon didn't read this book, but it was one no. of the craziest books I've read. And I'm t- and we're playing Knockout City, and Brandon's like, "Yo, Flex Mentallo's on it." I'm like, "I was like, oh yeah, that is." And then he tells me what happened on a day in the street, and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, man, he's got he's got muscle mystery. Flex <laughs> Flex Mentallo is one of the best characters ever yeah. adapted to the screen. Um, I'm so happy with that show. There, I'm glad you're here. The cockroach. Because <laughs> it could talk and we, whiskers. We will, we will, Brandon. Now that you're here, we will find the opportunity to talk about this. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really love it. Um, I was gonna try and I was trying to figure out what I could do for, for uh, Brendan Fraser, but I couldn't figure it out. Um, Brendan Fraser, I'm surprised at what they do with the lot because Brendan Fraser's in it a lot more than I thought he would be for being like a voice. Um. This, he gets some really great moments. Uh, Matt Bomer and Timothy Dalton are the same way. Like I'm surprised at how much they're in it, considering they don't need to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I watched a couple movies. I watched Jungle Cruise again with my dad. I'm actually really excited to tell the story um, because he watched it with my mom, and and they both hated it. And, <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, why? Because you're you know you you like this sort of thing. You like this sort of movie. And uh, he's like, I just couldn't understand it. And I was like, Are the subtitles on? And he goes, No, we couldn't figure it out. I was like, Well, that's why you can't hear. <laughs> so, um, we so I, I figured out how to put the subtitles on, and 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 the subtitles are on, and we're watching the movie, and the opening narration is like, Oh, I missed all of this. <laughs> oh, oh wow, that's funny. Um, so yeah, so my dad watched it with me. I got to spend time with my dad, who I who I love. So. Uh, and he really, he really liked the movie. So I was like, "Yeah, there you go." That's good. Uh, Brand, do you do you know who Plant that Plant, <laughs> Plant Dino Mineral Man? Planet Plant Dino Mineral Man. Okay, it's uh, Animal Vegetable Mineral Mineral Man. Man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Ed, Ed Asner is in it. That was fun little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Animal Vegetable Mineral Man. The way they handled him is really great. He's by the way, he's got a dinosaur. He's got a Velociraptor head. Ben. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, a normal human head. Just watch the show. So it's a human head and a Velociraptor head next to each other, and they and they don't get along. Or they do? I don't. Know. <laughs> they don't. They don't get along. Yeah. Um, Essentially, every sentence you're saying, my brain's just rebuffing. Ben, it, it it is a show where Flex Mentallo makes Ascension Street come. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. 
He saw no the clip. Spoilers. He saw the clip. The clip was doing the rounds years ago. The audience. The audience. Like, it's not. I don't remember what I was going to say. I was going to say. Like, it's fine. Those words, it, you cannot spoil that moment. Also, it is. Pretty, I don't think so. No. It is very intense. It's just. It's just like that. The weirdness. That's what I was going to say. The weirdness isn't the 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 important part. Yes, it's weird as hell, but. The, the the what they do with the characters grounds it in such a reality that I didn't expect. It isn't, it isn't about being the weird DC show. It is about telling the story of human characters and inhuman situations. It Blown very away. much doesn't feel like a DC show. Well, that's true. All right, Jungle Cruise. Uh, uh, reminiscence of talked about that. Ryan, you did you did you missed something in your week? I did. Malignant. Oh, I did see Malignant. Yeah. Oh, it rips. It's so good. <laughs> I can't believe that movie's real. Yeah, uh, I watched it in theaters when I got back. Uh, loved it. It's so wild. God, I can't. You, you haven't seen it yet, Sparks? That's fine. Um, I you know how like I I knew it was gonna be a good movie, but I but the trailers like like I was like uh, I'll see it. Uh, holy shit, my man! It's it's the craziest studio horror movie made in like in a long time. I can't believe that movie's real. Uh. I will happily watch it with you again. Okay. Yeah, there are there. I assume is... we'll have to do a review then. I sure. I don't know if I don't know oh, if don't I want to. to. We don't have to. Like it's, and I know I've seen people who it's like it's like their least favorite movie of the year, and I immediately know I'm like, oh, I'm gonna like this movie. Oh yeah, it's one of those. Oh yeah. It it, it uh, truly, I found the first half actually to be to be terrifying, um, but it, it it's got some wild ideas that I didn't expect, and I re- I really appreciated the long swing that. James Wan decided to take. Yeah. Um, I watched Casino Royale because I'm going to watch the uh, first four Daniel Craig Bond films in a row um, leading up to No Time to Die. Um, that movie's really good. I always forget how good that movie is. Um, I haven't seen it in ages. And just like the theme song starts. I'm like, damn, this, this, theme, song's, this theme song rocks. You know my uh, name. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace, Chris Cornell. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, Daniel Craig, I forgot how good he was in that first James Bond movie. I uh, love Casino Royale. Uh, Man, he, has, he has plenty of time to die, if you ask me. Oh, apparently, there's no time to die, though. No, I have these four movies worth of dying. <laughs> um, it's, 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 you know, it, every single movie he's retiring. <laughs> um, Being James Bond is a documentary uh, about 45 minutes long on Apple TV Plus uh, for free, should you have it. Um, and it's about Daniel Craig's time as James Bond, which I thought was really uh, sweet. Uh, you know, it's it's just a kind of thing about Daniel Craig. What was it, Daniel Radcliffe? Daniel Craig, Barbara Broccoli, and whatever her husband's name is, uh, talking about you know casting James Bond, uh, you know casting uh, uh, Daniel Craig, and the struggles that he went through in the beginning, which I totally forgot about, and then going through the movies and talking candidly about where they failed with Quantum of Solace. Uh, and even Spectre um, and talking about, you know, their successes of Skyfall and, and what that meant to Judy Dench um, and what it meant to her. It's like really interesting look and really heartfelt, really candid. I love candid, candid documentaries like that. Um, really happy they put that out. Uh, if, if you like James Bond or even if you just like Daniel Craig's James Bond, I highly recommend it. It's really good. Uh, there's a clip going a lot online right now of uh, uh, Daniel Craig talking at the end of production of No Time yes. to Die. And it's just like a 30 second clip. It's like, hey, thanks. You know, some people have been part of this ride for, for all five movies. And like, I love you all. Thank you so much. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, that's, that is a long journey for an actor. Yeah. yeah. 
and he yeah. talks about and he talks about um in that about him not wanting to come back for no time to die and even specter yeah um so he you know he talks uh really interestingly about you know i was really i coming out of specter i was really tired i wanted people to stop asking me so i said something i shouldn't have yeah. uh and then and i said yes i'm gonna do one more bond film and that'll be it maybe this time he will retire he probably is gonna retire this one because uh he, he said he doesn't want to do anymore but he well, said he, that last time yeah. yeah well i mean he has no time to die that's true no time to die all right shall we get into our news then i have no time for this news <laughs> All right, we have some sad news up top. A couple of hard passings uh, this past two weeks. Um, we'll talk first about... It's like a kidney stone over here. Norm MacDonald, a comedian, yeah. passed away at 61 uh, after a nine-year battle with cancer that he was completely silent about. Yeah, that's very surprising. Uh, like, unfortunately, like, you know, Chadwick Boseman passed away this year, and he's been hiding it too. But, like, man, like, like hiding it for almost, like, a decade, man. That's like... A, that's like you that's a lot to deal with and i want to get out like norman donald has said a lot of shitty things like you know he's an older comedian like you know uh, everyone says really shitty things so i'm not going to defend any of that stuff but like he's also like a really important comedian for a lot of people and like he's one of the first comedians i remember at a young age of like yo this dude just doesn't care like he's so funny and he just doesn't care not in a way of being offensive just like he doesn't care about like like, if you've ever seen him on SNL, that dude is so nonchalant, and, like, his Burt Reynolds is just so stupid and funny. He's like, yeah, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, what's up? Hey. And it was like, there's nobody else like him. Um, and just to think that he he was fighting this battle for so long, and that he continued to just be silly for so long, as long as he was. And I'm like, man, what a trooper. Yeah, I um, did not recognize him at first. I kind of mm-hmm. feel like I saw him. Uh, like I recognize him, like I've seen this guy before somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I couldn't place it, and then it was, re- and then it was pointed out to me that he was actually the voice of Yoffit in uh, Star and Star Trek, uh, the Orville. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's friends. Which should have, which should have opened up a whole bunch yeah. of voice acting from him because he's one of, he's a one of the most prolific comedians of our time, but also one of the most prolific voice actors. He's yeah, also yeah. the voice of the ferryman and Klaus. Or yes. Claude. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes, oh, he man. is. Yeah, that I was. That. I mean, I yeah. I knew Norm Macdonald nice. through his through his voice, and then when I watched Claws again uh, last year, uh, I was like, "Yep, that's Norm Macdonald, all right." I forgot. Yeah. But let's never forget his iconic role as Lucky the dog in the Eddie Murphy Doctor Doolittle films. Oh, oh my. God, he was so hot in the '90s. Yeah. Oh man, that's so funny. Oh, oh um, man. Yes, that. Oh, that's guy right. As well. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah, he was Maga, so big, man. I oh, just said he was the original uh, character of Death in Family Guy. Yeah. 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 Rest, rest in peace. Yeah, uh, he did record all of his lines for Yoffit in season three, so that'll be probably the last performance. It looks like. Yeah. 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 Norm Macdonald, incredible talent. Mm-hmm. Honestly. And then uh, last week, the, the week prior, Michael K. Williams oh. hurt like hell. And he oh. passed away at the age of 54 due to a sus- suspected drug overdose. Yeah. Um, and and it's not it's been, not been talked about a lot, but it's suspected that because a lot of people in Hollywood do cocaine. Um, there's there's and there's a problem in Hollywood right now with people spiking cocaine with fentanyl. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I'm only knowing I'm only knowing this because there's a famous screenwriter. I, I won't say his name because, just in case, for any reason, he doesn't care. He said it publicly on Twitter, but he's like, "I was at a party where three people I know died from this exact thing." Like, this is a huge problem that's happening in like in like recreational drug circles, and it's like, it's an unfortunate thing that happens in all in all types of, of mm-hmm. drug problems. And I'm not like you know condoning drug use, but everyone you know everyone does whatever they want to do. Um, yeah, this was just a, a serious like unfortunate accident. And it took one of the most talented people on the planet. And it's like, it's just so unfortunate, man. Uh, ben. Yeah. Did you ever watch Boardwalk Empire? I did not. Oh, I don't know where you have seen him in. Because he didn't watch Lovecraft Country or. He was in The Wire. He was in Cormac McCarthy's The Road. Um, He was yeah. in. He, he showed up in i think it was a community for like a, yep. like a minute <laughs> i was gonna say i was gonna say like he my my big thing that i know him from were boardwalk empire and community mm-hmm. uh, he plays dr kane in community uh, a prison a prisoner who who became a doctor and his first appearance is one of the best episodes of community uh and he's such a fun like i quote him all the time it's just like you guys have weird reactions to things hey what happened yeah. to lego <laughs> um <laughs> I, I love him on that show. Um, I love him as an actor. Oh, Moonlight. He was one of the main in the first segment of mm-hmm. Moonlight. He's yeah, a yeah, yeah. excellent actor. Um, Lovecraft Country was the last thing I saw him in. Yeah, and he's and excellent in that. He, he was an actor who, uh, obviously, because of his face, um, he got in, he, in his early 20s, uh, a guy attacked him with a razor blade, and that's why he has that scar. So he got typecasted a lot as, like, you know, being a thug and stuff. But, like, yeah. he was a background dancer, and he was, like, in musical theater. And, like, if you if you know anything about his personal life or seen Twitter, you know, like, Journey Smollett has been posting a lot of stuff about him. Um, like, she's she, this really hurt her a lot. Um, he was just a super multifaceted dude, and he was, like, he looked like a very tough dude, but he was super sweet and, and, and like, really sweet. And, and Lovecraft Country exemplified that so well of him being, like, a tough guy who's really emotional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, I just think of that, I think of that episode where he's in, like, the club and he's with his lover. And, like, he's just getting to be free for the first time in his life. And I'm like, what a performance, man. I'm just like, yeah, this, this one, this one sucks, man. Yeah. Uh, I was just looking at, like, what some of his last bodies of work are going to be. And it's, it's two films... Uh, yet to come out, which are surrounded in 892. Um, mm. But it's also Battlefield 2042. Oh, word? Is it that? Yeah. Game? Shit. I was already buying. I'm double buying it. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I love him. He's such yeah. a wonderful actor. I'm so devastated by this news. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Shall we get into the news then? News the rest time, of the maybe. news. Um, Marvel uh, Unlimited. Real quick, real Ooh. quick, uh, real quick. Just thinking about Michael K. Williams, I'm really glad that one of the last things in his body of work that we have is his appearance in Lovecraft Country, mm-hmm. where he has one of the most emotional representations of uh, a man confronting his sexuality that we've yeah. had on screen in a while. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was like. That's what I was referencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's really it's a solid piece. That I'm glad that we got to get from him. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Well, as Ryan as Ryan mentioned, Marvel Unlimited happened uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a big relaunch. Where um, I have a couple of what happened of what they did, but one of the big things is that they're going to include new original comics for Marvel Marvel Unlimited called um, uh, Infinity Comics. That's yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and you talked about the X Men and the Captain America one already. And okay. Shang Chi and Black Widow and the Jeff one's yeah. pretty funny, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the twenty seven launched it with the with the uh, at the beginning, 
and there's planned to be like a hundred more by the end of the year, which is Woo! crazy. Oh yeah, they're, um, they're going hard on this initiative. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're like all one. They're like meant to be like one panel. Uh, it it yes. Uh, some artists do it. The 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 uh, Jonathan Hickman, Dev, Declan Shelby X Men one is done very well. There's like the first like couple pages pages quote unquote is the sword base and it's mm -hmm. like the it's like at the beginning of star wars when the empire ship is coming down the thing and you're just scrolling and it's just a ship and you're just scrolling and there's details all of the ship it's incredible and the same with the webtoons thing like yeah it's uh they're really doing really impressive stuff with digital comics um i like sparks has has uh, uh marvel unlimited uh like i think it's like the best deal in comics right now like it's three months yeah. you're waiting only three months for new comics like it made my pull list a lot easier yeah, uh, Jonathan Hickman, Declan Shelby, Scotty Young, Dax Gordine, Alyssa Wong, Nathan Stockman, Kelly Thompson, Jerry Duggan, Lucas Wernick, and Jeffo, among others, are uh, contributing Marvel Infinity Comics. Oh, yeah. Um, new features will include unlimited digital downloads, enhanced product design that enables new content curation and presentation, personalized reading guides based on user performance, speed, performance, and new search capabilities. Yeah, so far I've been I've been loving it. Like again, yeah. like I used I used it for that Chris Claremont reading guide. Uh, like every event, every character, like it has like it also has like a lot of the a lot of these Infinity comics are actually just like one shot stories of the character. Like there's mm -hmm. a lot. Like if you want to just know a base of the character, like oh Venom, here's a like a like ten page story about Venom to catch you up. Um, it's like a real it's called Primer. It's like Infinity Primer. Uh, really really cool. Like it's it's they're putting a lot of effort. Um. It's funny it's happening at the exact same time the web webtoon stuff is happening. Webtoons yeah. is free. That's the one difference. So that's why webtoons is going to beat it by a million miles. But uh, this stuff's really cool. Uh, content sharing outside of the app uh, will also be available, and they'll have a new annual plan. Um, so annual plus will be ninety nine dollars a year, and will give users the monthly and sixty nine dollars a year membership, as well as an exclusive membership kit. Invites to events and 10% off shopdisney.com. Nah, I'll just read the comics. Yeah, I think you're fine. Yeah, I'm good. Um, Timeless. No longer. We're going to just talk about the fact that Joe Bennett's not on Timeless anymore. Okay. Oh, yeah, the, the Marvel event. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Joe Bennett sucks. And uh, it's really cool. Like, like pretty much everyone who's worked with him is like, yeah, like, he sucks and we don't want to work with him anymore. And Marvel is just like quietly like... Hey, guess what? Greg Land is now the artist on this book. Just don't tell anybody except for yeah. Joe, Joe Bennett. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I think I remember seeing tweets about like uh, I remember Ryan, you shared a tweet from Al Ewing um talking about um how he was drawing a uh, Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Joe, was... Joe Bennett is just he's 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 not a great person and he unfortunately drew anti-Semitic stuff into Al Ewing's comics, and Al Ewing is one of the ni nicest, most wholesome people on the internet yeah. and in the world. And it's like it—it it has to suck to have not just one of the greatest comics of all time, but like just one of the, like your own personal pieces of art tainted by a piece of shit. And like yeah. I just—I cannot fathom like like because people don't read that comic anymore because of Joe Bennett, and that is not yeah. an Al Ewing at all. And I feel so bad for that mm -hmm. dude. So like he had to click make a statement like I'm done with that guy. Uh, so don't worry, guys. Moving forward, we're good. Yeah. yeah. I yeah I I noticed a lot of people drop that book because of the Joe Joe Bennett I'm like, man Al Ewing yeah. doesn't deserve that. No yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan, what's your favorite trope? Oh yeah, I know this news. It's the old man, the old man Logan trope, but not but but only when it's not fifteen years old. Well, King Conan 
Oh, okay. It's coming. Yeah, it's a different one. Sorry. No, it's not. Uh, this one's fine. King Conan by Jason Aaron with art by Mama Dasrar and Matthew Wilson um, will be a six issue miniseries and will find Conan restless as he sits on the throne of Aquilonia, mm-hmm. searching once more for adventure. Basically, it's an old man Conan story. So this, this of all the old man, like there's a bunch of these types of stories happening. Now, this is one that makes sense. One, because this is a story that's been in development for the movies for decades like having like arnold schwarzenegger come back and be king conan this has been an idea that's been floated around for a long time so have it to happen in the comics makes perfect sense like absolutely uh i don't know if i'll read it like all the all the stuff happening with conan right now is really good like i was picking it up when it started uh but just too many comics you know um i might check out the first issue we'll see but i'm cool with it yeah i uh i really hope that they make that king conan film before schwarzenegger passes he i they will i they will Hollywood is is that way. Oh, I I didn't put the twins news in the news. Is that okay? Tracy Morgan. Nope. With uh, yeah. <laughs> nope. All right. Well, some more a little bit more comics news. Jeff Lemire. Uh, this is actually a couple weeks old, but I totally forgot to put it in. Um, Jeff Lemire is moving to Substack as well. Yeah. Um, as well as many other of his peers. Um, he's going to donate all of the money he earns through subscriptions to Rainbow Railroad. An LGBTQ plus nonprofit organization. Did you say nice. all of the money, Brandon? He said all of the money. That's all what I'm money. talking about, baby. Because Jeff Lemire already has a lot of money. That's why <laughs> <laughs> he's got a couple TV shows on the rooks. Yeah, that yeah, dude. Uh, he definitely like got paid to do this, but like it's really really nice that like he he doesn't need the money and like the thing so i just listened to a great podcast about substack and the thing that is a huge positive that that i wasn't fully looking at is this is giving creators just unlimited funds to do whatever the hell they want so like james tynion he gets to create as many books as he wants with all of his friends and he gets to pay them the money that they deserve so that part i have no problem with right so jeff lemire doing going to substack and like not even really like taking the money in a way like that, i have no problem with that because like i'll still get that jeff lemire book from like image or dark horse right like right this is, because this is totally cool because Substack um, is has come under fire because of the the fact that they're like freedom of speech for all and not in hate speech. Yeah. I also learned that like the deals were between two hundred and six hundred thousand dollars, and I'm like, oh yeah, I would have joined Substack in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, his first book uh, he'll publish is called Fish Flies, which will be drawn by him, and he expects it to be his longest book since Sweet Tooth. Ooh. Oh, that's pretty long, actually. That is. Um, he mostly does minis or self-contained stuff. Um, he will also publish new Black Hammer comics uh, stories, um, which bums me out. Um, starting with a new Colonel Weird comic, co-written by Tate Bromble, who did the re- most recent Barbalian. Barbalian, yeah. Uh, with fully painted art by Ray Fox. Ray Fox is great. I just picked this stuff from your book up, and I haven't read it yet. May's book. What's yeah. up? Um, the the Black Hammer ones bums me out because um, he. You know, he said that they'll be collected, uh, but in but it's implied a trade format only and not a single issues. Yes, that's fine. I just I've got every as an OCD collector like me, like I've got every single issue of Black Hammer. I love that universe. Yeah. And I'll have just I guess I'll just have to get well, here's books what as well. You can, here's what you could do, Brandon. You can subscribe to Jeff Lemire's Substack and then you can just print out the pages on your printer. Oh, yeah. And then I'll just get them bound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's definitely the way to go. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, good for him, though. He's getting paid and he's doing a really cool thing with that money. 
absolutely like it, the amount of money that the Substack thing is bringing in is a lot like it's actually it's pretty successful for most of the big creators and i expect jeff lemire to be no different so like yeah that's a lot of extra money to, to some great profits like that's great sparks final space season three yeah so final space season three was announced to be the last one it just uh it ended a little bit ago um this is from youtube sensation sensation olan rogers um, i mean like a long time ago <laughs> yeah it's an it's a really incredible show um and he's moving on to other projects but he put out a really heartfelt video where he was talking about like boy it really sucks because like that's not how i wanted it to end uh, but there it is. And uh, he was very candid about the fact that, like, the show had survived one merger, which was the merger of Warner with AT&T. Uh, and it did not survive the one that is happening now, but with Discovery. Um, and that was it was one of the shows that got cut because of that. And it's a big, big sure. bummer. Um, I know. I know we talked about it a while ago. Yeah. But I started to watch The Owl House, and I forgot to bring it up. And The Owl House also was getting canceled. And I sent you a tweet, Sparks, and the creator of that show also isn't happy with the way that show's going. And I'm just like, all these great shows, man, they just can't make it. Just, they can't this, make is it. A, this is a common issue with uh, animated shows, but it tends to be relegated usually to Cartoon Network and Disney Channel. But mm -hmm. this was a uh, Warner TBS cartoon that uh, that also moved to uh hbo max that is suffering which is a big 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 bummer final space was incredibly inventive um and cool and emotional um i still recommend people watch it i think it's really great i have not gotten to watch season three because i don't have access to tbs so i'm waiting for season three to drop on hbo max um but really solid show uh I, I hate that this is happening. Uh, yeah. Bumps me out. It bumps me out about Owl House as well. Um, mm -hmm. Not getting a, a third season, but instead just getting a chunk of specials to round out its story. Um, similar issues happened with Star vs. the Forces of Evil, uh, OKKO, OK Steven Universe, even. Um, like, this, this shit sucks when it yeah. happens. All right. Well, Halloween kills. Um, we know it's coming out on October 15th, but Ooh. it will also now release day and date on Peacock. That's cool. Huh. I All know right. that they did they like delay this movie because of the pandemic. So like, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. That like, I'm all for uh, 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 TV theater. I'm all for it. Uh, I, yeah. <clears throat> I'll probably see it in theaters. I like a good spooky. Honestly, um, I'm not. I'm not sure what took them so long. Yeah, yeah. You got Peacock there. Do it. Yeah, they've had and Peacock, you, and oh, you're man. not going to push it. You're not going to push it. it Launch this year. They're not going to push it another Halloween because that's you can't put it anywhere else but Halloween. They, must, they got another movie waiting already. <laughs> yeah, so I, like you can't push it to the next Halloween. I think. I think that is the reason is that the variant numbers do scare. Uh, people that like people won't go to these movies um and halloween couldn't be moved you're right yeah it just couldn't be moved and they were like okay well maybe we can get some more peacock subscribers this way if they're not willing to go to the theaters for it yeah um halloween is a big enough probably honestly paramount's biggest film grab right now uh, is it is it free on on peacock or you have to pay for it i don't know what the tier levels of peacock are but it's mm -hmm. not gonna be free because that is it's only gonna, a pay service 
it's going to be, I'm sure it's not the lowest tier, which is where you get like the commercials and stuff, but you mm -hmm. don't get uh, like Peacock original content. I mean, it's, it's gonna not be Disney. the next tier up. It's not $30 Disney Plus. Like, you, if you just have the, the if you pay $9.99, oh, right. no, that's they're, they're, oh, it yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. they're doing what HBO, HBO Max did. Okay, I think that's a great, that's a, that, that makes me want to get Peacock for just that movie, you know? Yeah. So I can answer your questions on the whole Peacock tier. There is a free tier of Peacock, but Forgot. the content on it is severely limited. I tried to watch Sunday Night Football, but I had to get the 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 lowest paid tier, which is forty nine a month, which is all the content on Peacock, but with ads. So there's the right. free tier, the middle paid tier, which is five bucks a month, and then the no ad paid tier, which is ten dollars a month. I bet it's so the ten dollar one. So the, the free tier is you have ads, but you get access to like old stuff, but you don't get access to like the original no, things like I that. I couldn't watch live, unlike with Paramount Plus, where I could watch live TV, no problem. I had to pay for, um, I had to pay for, to watch the, the live Sunday night football game that's streaming on NBC. And I, watched, I watched Star Trek Day on Paramount, on Paramount Plus. I thought that was really cool. WNBC. Um, Thank you for bearing my plus. What? I didn't do anything. You can't no, prove it. No, that's right. I'll, can't prove it. I'll be seeing Halloween kills in theaters. Thank you. Yeah, Me I wouldn't miss it. But also, uh, yeah, like like what HBO Max did. Ultimately, I think this is a net positive, and uh, all in all, um, yeah. Also, Max said the only uh, movie he knows that was delayed for sure is Jackass. Oh, we talked about a bunch of delays. Yeah, we life. talked about that. Yeah, Jackass uh, should have gone to Paramount Plus. The uh, is it Paramount? No, it's Universal. Should have gone to a streamer. That's a small movie. That should have just let me watch it on my TV. Yeah. Yeah. A Haunted Mansion, we talked a bit about up top. Um, the, the This is not the Muppet version, which I was confused by when I first saw this news. This is the yeah. other one that's happening. Another one. Um, Owen Wilson and Rosaria Dawson have joined the cast of this film. Yep. Okay. All right, I like yeah. those. I like those people. All right. I like both those I, actors very well, or very much. I, I'm optimistic for that movie. Real quick. In related Haunted Mansion news, the Muppet one did announce that the daughter of the original Madame Leota will be in the special. Oh, nice. that's awesome. Yep. Uh, Legacy, I love it. That, well, you know, she's the voice of Madame Leota when they turn into Halloween, right? I don't know nothing. Yeah, I don't yes. know that. Yes, I yeah. think that's true. Yeah, it was in, It was explained in the Imagineering story, but anyways, that's, that's, that's a side, side tangent. Uh, um, Furiosa. Yeah! yeah. That cool new Mad Max spinoff yeah. is moving from its May 27th. This is, I moved these. May 27th, 2023. Mm -hmm. Nope. It's moving it's moving May from, it's moving to May 27th, 2024 from June 23rd, 2023. It's moving a year, basically. It's moving a year. Okay. Well, I mean, that movie, that's still so far away. Like, this is the no difference to me. I know, but like, think about it. 2024. That just makes me thrilled that the movie's still happening. And I know that like Anya Taylor-Joy is still going to be furious in that movie, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be so cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith had some had a, had a roadblock. Um, oh, no. As Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has exited the series due to creative <sighs> differences, Donald Glover is still attached to Star and oh. co-create. Um... So he's looking for a new co-star. Phoebe, why? <laughs> no. It's a big, it's a big, big bummer. They went on to stress that they're still friends, but uh, apparently their two out. creative voices were just buttonheads way too much. I mean, um, sometimes I, I like 
it happens. Like, I respect that. Like, I, I hope they are still friends, because, like, I, I couldn't imagine, like, the beef between them. That'd be so funny. <laughs> it's, it definitely takes some of the wind out of the sails for me to be excited about it, now that she's no longer part of it. Yeah. yeah. A little bit I'm, me, too. I will, I will say, I'm glad at least one of them's still on there, because, like, those are both, like, mad talents. Like, I'm glad they both did leave, because then I wouldn't care at all. You know, I still, right. I still do kind of care that it's still Donald Glover. Right. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. All right. That was all last week, though. So now we're on this week. Mm-hmm. With some comics, both Marvel and DC had their solicitations this week, and boy, howdy. Maku. Um, Demon Days announced fourth one shot, Rising Storm. Um, this is Peach Momoko's series. Um, the basically the only reason why I want to bring this up is because uh, it's introducing new versions of Thor and Storm as gods. As like uh, Oni gods, uh, oh. it looks so cool. I love Peach Momoko. Oh my god, too 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 talented, too talented for me, you guys. Too talented five me. Two, three, talented. three talented five me. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I is. got there. All right. Anyway, so it looks really cool. I'm really excited. Yeah. We don't have I'm, to spend time on that. I'm buying all those books, baby. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sabretooth. Uh, is coming from whatever the next X-Men era is going to be, spinning out of X-Lives and Deaths of Wolverine. Um, this is the long-rumored Victor uh, Laval- Lavalli? Lavelle. 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 Um, book. He is attached to a five-issue miniseries of Sabretooth um, with Leonard Kirk and Rain Barredo. It's a sick... So, yeah. That's a sick-ass creative team. Sparks, you and I, we love us some Destroyer um man like Sabretooth in any other character any other like writer's hands you it's just gonna be like oh that's a dude who just loves beating up people and murdering he's just a bad dude but like now that i know that this this dude's behind it it's gonna be so much more psychological to going to do in depth of a serial killer like it's gonna be oh, i'm so stoked for what this book is like it's also probably gonna go into like what the prison system of Krako is because if you don't remember S- Sabretooth is just locked in a pit for an eternity and like we just haven't heard from them for two years so like mm-hmm. i i never i have never cared more about Sabretooth than than when this was announced like for real yeah. uh, i agree 100 percent. like victor lavelle being on board is a dream i'm so excited yeah i'm excited too i the the idea of figuring out what he's been what he's been doing since he fell in the pit i'm into it uh, unfortunately, X-Men also brought up with it some sad news this week as Hellions was revealed to be coming to an end at issue 18 in October and December. Which we'd heard, we'd heard rumor about, right? Yeah, so a yeah. lot, we're starting to hear more and more books are, are coming to an end. Um, January is definitely a big shift uh, in, the, in like, you know, it is another relaunch of a bunch of books. Um, uh, I'm... I know Zeb Wells isn't, isn't like leaving. Like I'm sure he's going to do another X book, but Hellions is coming to an end. I think it's the best X book right now. Like I was talking about issue 15. Like this issue is such a like, oh shit, everything is culminating. Everything is culminating. Like everything is finally coming together. And like issue 18 w- seems like a satisfying ending. Like it doesn't need to go any further, right? Like this would be a solid f- uh, through line through everything that's happened, including all stuff on the House of X and Powers of 10. Like there's stuff happening in this issue. And I'm like, shit, man. Uh, Hellions is so good. Comics are good. Stats and yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of books are coming to an end. Uh, X Core, uh, Way of X, mm-hmm. which was meant to end. Um, and that yeah. month we'll also see the end of Inferno and the Trial of Magneto. Um, because their yeah. miniseries are ending. It's gonna be a spicy month, man. 
So it is definitely it is it is definitely to get ready for uh, the next. It's the just going to be called Walks the Wolverine of X, and it's all just Wolverine books. It, it's also really weird. Like the solicitations for Marauders imply it's ending, but it doesn't say final issue. Yeah, I think 27 might be its final issue, but I think it might just be relaunching because the final cover, it's like an homage to the first cover where all the characters are like just like in their newer costumes and stuff. Yeah. Like the, pirate, the pirate ship is gone and stuff. So I think it might just be getting relaunched. Because they, they also say like the 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 first voyage of, of the Marauders comes to an end. And I'm like, wait, is this book ending too? Or are we just moving into the, the next story arc and we're doing like it's... a relaunch? I think maybe the sales aren't where they want it to be, so they need a fresh number one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's what they do. That's what the case is, yeah. Okay. Uh, we like Batman? Occasionally. No? Occasionally. Well, what about Batman Beyond? Oh, I love Batman Beyond. Yes. Yeah, Batman Beyond's pretty cool. Uh, he's getting a new six-issue miniseries called Neo Year uh, by Colin Kelly uh, and Jackson Lansing with art by Max Dunbar. Um, they... This is spinning off of Batman Urban Legends uh, number seven, which just came out, which has a Batman Beyond story as its kind of main uh, main story. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will see uh, we'll see Terry forge a new path after the death of Bruce. It's basically all the solicitations tell us right now. He's yeah. strike out so, on his own. Yeah, so this is the first year after yeah, after Bruce is dead. Uh, I'm excited because this is the creative team, or at least the writers who are doing Kang right now, and I just picked up issue two of Kang. Mm. I like think the book is really rad. Um, I really like those guys. Um, and I like Batman Beyond, and I haven't really touched Batman Beyond, I think, since Future's End, if you want to count that. Um, so, like, I, I am ready to get into, like, oh, this is, like, this is like the next step for that character and like in that universe. And I'm like, I think it's, I'll give it the first issue for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited. You know, six issues could just make look, look like a nice book. On your yeah. Bookshelf. Little book. That's uh, uh, starting. An, <laughs> did I say the book? The book. The book. Um, that's coming out April 5th, 2022 next year. Oh, oh that's far. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, what about, what about, so, you know, we, we're not crazy about Batman. Sometimes we like Batman beyond what about the, what about Batgirl? We like Batgirl. I like Batgirl. Which one? What are we talking about? This is uh, the second two. Um, Batgirls is finally coming. This is the book that has been teased since Tinian took over um, uh, Batman. Uh, this is the book where Stephanie Brown and Cassandra Kane, both as official Batgirls, um, you know, teaming up and, and doing high school shenanigans, which was strange that they're de-aging them. Oh, are they? Um, they're pretty significantly, like ten years. Mm. Oh, I mean, wow. Okay. Um. Hey, man. I'm just happy. I'm just happy those characters are back. Like, I, I, don't, I don't even like. I know they've been like around, but like, not, not like it's not like they used to be. Cassandra, Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown really came back in um, Detective Comics, written by James Tynan. Yeah, so, yeah. like, he's always been trying to push those characters back into the forefront because, quite honestly. Um, I, I understand you want to make Barbara Gordon Batgirl for some reason, but erasing Steph as just spoiler and 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 Cass as Black Bat, like that was that was a mistake. Yeah, uh, and it's that, good to that, see them finally bringing them back. That Cassandra Kane uh, original like Batgirl look with like like the the no the no face or like yeah. whatever, so spooky, so cool. I love it. Yeah, this is going to be written by Becky Cloonan and Michael Michael W. Conrad with art by Jorge Corona. Solid, solid art team. Solid team all around. Hell yeah. 
And it's an ongoing, which is great. Look, I love Stefan Cast. This is an instant buy for me. I miss those girls. They're incredible I, characters. I didn't think it was an ongoing. That's really exciting. That's really cool. Yeah. That's great. And it's great that, that now that Tinian's leaving, they still they're still like pushing this this book out. Tynan. Mm-hmm. Tynan, thank you. Sorry. Tiny onion. Okay, well, you know, we, that's the Bat family. But Ryan, you don't really like Swamp Thing, right? Well, I, I got like 45 Swamp Thing comics over here I can show you. Well, clearly you don't like Swamp Thing. So you don't really care that Jeff Lemire and Doug Mankey are doing a Swamp Thing miniseries called Swamp Thing Green Hell for the Black Label. As long as it's not on Substack. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, this is going to be a three-issue miniseries, as I said, for the Black Label. And the art looks gorgeous because it's Doug Mankey. Um, Jeff Lemire hasn't written Swamp Thing since uh, his event, Rot World. Uh, so that's really cool. And like, I don't think there's like a big like like the like what the story is yet. So I could only imagine. I, I got the whole thing actually. If you want to know, can you give me like a little? I want like a little bit of it, maybe. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. This actually goes pretty quickly. This is kind of interesting. Okay. Um, the Earth is all but done. The last remnants of humanity cling to a to a mountaintop island, lost in endless flood water. The Parliament of the Green, the Red, and the Rot all agree. It's time to wipe the slate clean and start the cycle of life over again. And to do so, they've united their powers to summon an avatar, one of the most horrific monsters to ever stalk the surface of this forsaken planet. Against a creature like that, there can be no fighting back unless you have a soldier who understands the enemy, someone who has used its tactics before, someone like Alec Holland, of course. It would help if Alec Holland hadn't been dead for decades. Holy shit. Okay. On Twitter, a couple weeks ago, somebody was like, hey, g- tell me your DC pitch right now. And I swear to God, mine was like Evil Swamp Thing and yeah, Val Colin has to stop him. This is, ah, this is, this is, this is the Swamp Thing comic I would write. I'm not even joking. I had no idea that's what the plot was. Uh, yeah. I am definitely going to maybe pick this book up. Did you see, did you read the future state issues for Swamp Thing? <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, it was at Ray and V. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this sounds very similar. Kind of yeah, like yeah. the end of the world Swamp Thing. Yes, but but more sinister. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's really exciting. That's, and it's black label. Oh, that's that's so cool. I'm so Doug Mankey on the the big pages. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh god, all the all the parliaments together. That's so great. Bat Dick. That showed up for Batman Day again. Remember this? <laughs> I I remember it. That comic's worth a lot of money. Uh, One Star Squadron is coming from Mark Russell and Steve Lieber. Um, this is going to be a six-issue miniseries. Uh, this is a quick one. Who are you going to call One Star Squadron? Meet DC's superhero team where heroism meets capitalism. This raging, this ragtag group of heroes led by Red Tornado is here to provide service with a smile. All you must do is send a request via their on-demand hero app, and they'll answer any call. Whether it's a children's birthday party or an alien invasion, no job is too small or too big. Bro, Mark Russell is continuing his satirical look at everything superhero related or silly related. Like he's a guy who wrote uh, Snagopus uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that I did for the book club. Uh, he did that Flintstones comic that's all about capitalism. Um, I am so ready to like Red Tornado because, like, honestly, that dude's just like a silly robot man who turns into a tornado. Um, making them basically like heroes for hire, but it's gonna be about like weird superhero capitalism. Hundred percent into Steve Lieber, who did Jimmy Olsen, Superman's Best Pal, one of my, like one of my favorite books. Uh, he's the artist for it, and he's really great too. He has great physical comedy in comics. Um, I am tremendously excited for this book. I yeah. love, I just love all these comics today. This is good shit. Um, oh yeah, you really do. 
Uh, Buffy the Vampire, sorry, Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer. Ooh. By Casey Gilly and Joe Jaro. It's going to be a four issue miniseries. And basically, I'm going to read the last bit, actually, the last sentence. Um, uh, da, da, da. The multiverse explodes as writer Casey Gilly, Gilly and artist Joe Jaro bring you a dystopian tale of Buffy Summers as you've never seen her before for fans of Wonder Woman Dead Earth, Batman Last Night on Earth, and Future State Wonder Woman. Yes, it is It is Buffy in her 50s, still doing her thing, being old man Buffy. Uh, I'll give it the first issue, baby. Like, I am, that's, that's again, that's a character who, like, recently got, like, a relaunch, and I and I thought that looked cool, but I didn't check it out. But, like, this is, like, okay, old man Buffy, I'm into it. This got me excited in the same way that um, Firefly um, Next Generation. I don't remember what it's called, but there's a six issue miniseries where it's like the the next generation of the Firefly crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that that got me pretty interested in reading those comics. It's just kind of the same thing where it's like, you know, it's you know, we're not we're not we're no longer doing the, sh- the movie or the show. We're doing like something new. We're doing our own thing. Yeah. And it's only four issues. So like that's that's like not that bad of an investment. Yeah. Um, these are a couple of quick things, all the depending. Um, Marvel Action is the IDW kids line for Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. Um, it is being canceled altogether. Marvel is pulling the license from IDW. Oh. oh. Why, why yeah. do they hate kids so much? I just think the sales weren't there, but yeah, don't hate <laughs> yeah. kids, Marvel. Come on, Marvel. You um, kind of need kids to get your sales. Yeah, but I mean, like, they can still get sales with kids buying their regular line of comics, not through IDW. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, no, I was just going to say, like, I, I I lament it, but I also think it makes a, a small amount of sense. Just yeah. to bring that audience more to the direct market of what they want to sell. Yeah, and, yeah their, I guess. Their yeah. comics. Yeah, I guess that's true. Instead of, like, using somebody else, like, we can just do it ourselves, yeah. Yeah. It was always kind of weird that they did it anyway. Um, and then IDW made some big waves when they said they are leaving Diamond Distribution and <gasps> partnering with Penguin Random House, the same partners who just got into the comic po- comic book game with Marvel. Ooh. Well, guess what? Okay. Everyone is just saying F you, Diamond. Everyone's leaving Diamond. <laughs> Uh, I mean, we have no nice things to say about Diamond, really. I mean, Brandon, how long did it take you to get some of your books from them? I'm still waiting. Uh, I listened to a, a, a comic book podcast that's also a store, and they said their first shipment from from Penguin or whatever was the nicest shipment they ever got in their life. <laughs> Compared to, like, like you know, the damages they normally get. Like, you know, every every huge shipment sometimes has some damages. The lowest amount of damages they've ever had on any books in their life. Where Diamond, it's just like every week it's a it's a crapshoot for them. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's really cool. Like it's cool that people care. I will yeah, always... uh, people are getting Marvel comics from Penguin now. Yeah. Yeah. I will always remember the day I went to our local comic book store and there was this really nice um Immortal Hulk variant cover. It was completely green. There was no art. It was like one of those covers you take to cons so artists can draw on them. Yeah. But it was completely green and blank, mm-hmm. bent and ripped, like Ooh. to sh- not to shreds, but it was like damaged. And I'm looking at it, and I, I talked to the guy behind the counter. I'm like, "What the heck happened?" And his he just gave me one word answer: diamond. Yeah, <laughs> that's all yeah. he said. I'm like, mm, "Yeah, I understand." Right. Look, Ryan and I were just in the comic store a bit ago. I was just thinking about was it. Going through, yeah, going through all the issues and just marking them where they were all 
screwed up a whole batch of x-force he had to send back and a whole like an entire of other things like yeah. a whole the whole shipment of x-force was ruined yeah uh look diamond is uh has needed competition for a while um they've gotten their uh they've really they've gotten sloppy because they had they were the only game in town and now they're not and it sounds like it sounds like penguin is doing really well um, and so well that some people are speculating that that they wouldn't be surprised if DC leaves Lunar to go to Penguin. Yo, man, if if they're the better supplier, like why not? Right, because Lunar was kind of the first time where people were like, "Oh, we can do this. We can mm-hmm. distribute on our own." But you know, we talked about with Marvel that going to Penguin that kind of like opened the door, like, "Oh, a book retail, like a like a bookseller, it w- could." easily transition into comics yeah absolutely also bookseller book retailers you know actually give a shit about sending them mailing the products in the correct way and make sure they're safe and they don't get damaged yeah yeah um so you know down with diamond yeah screw you diamond (laughs) um okay so supposedly the batman is getting another spinoff uh this time with the penguin as the main character wah 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 uh, yeah, this is. Uh, they've apparently talked to Colin Firth about re- Firth, right? No, nope. Farrell. Farrell, damn it. Um, I'll never get it right. Um, Colin Farrell about returning as the Penguin. I don't imagine you do this without him if this is a spinoff of the Batman. 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just find it interesting that, like, obviously, I haven't seen the movie and, like, but, like, that's the direction they'd want to go. It's like, we want to make the first thing we want to do is this Penguin thing. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yes. I'm ready to watch more of that Colin Farrell weirdness. No, absolutely. Yeah. I am too. I'm just like, um, it's it's like the Peacemaker thing. I'm like, interesting direction, but I'm glad like I'm glad you're doing it. The Emmy showed a little bit about Peacemaker this uh, tonight. Ooh. We're not is talking that, about the Emmys. Is that right this year? Peacemaker? It's right now. It's no, happening no, I mean, right now. Is Peacemaker this year? Yeah. Oh. End of this year. Wow. Right? <laughs> oh, maybe it's January. That's still soon. Wow. Yeah. I will look it up. Cool. Look at that. Technology. <laughs> anyway yeah catwoman's right there guys yeah um uh league of january january 2022 um league of super pets this is the daniel craig nope dwayne the rock johnson um crypto uh movie um mark maron has been cast as lex Luthor. okay that's not bad yeah that's cool sure you did that's that TV turn on. It's been on for a while, buddy. Oh, I have really? not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so, it's so been like, it's been about like ten minutes, maybe. I honestly haven't noticed. Definitely did that on purpose. Somebody in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> you look so spooked. You're like, when did what? The Forever Bird. Um, hey guys, Bat Wheels. Um, Bat Wheels was in the news. Remember, this is the animated show with about the cars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Well, also the people, because Ethan Hawke has been cast as Batman. Um, <laughs> Leia. Le- Le- <laughs> what? That guy just went like he was like, I don't want to do superhero movies. So like now I'm in like eight superhero things. Yeah. Uh, AJ Hudson has been cast as Duke Thomas as Robin. Okay. Um, so the signal uh, in comic books, and Leia Lewis as Cassandra Kane, Batgirl. Okay. Interesting. Bat wheels. Bat wheels with y'all, Ethan Hawk. Y'all, I might pass on this one. Just call me crazy. I mean, yeah, but I kind of want to hear what Ethan Hawk sounds like as Batman. I'll go to a YouTube clip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've only seen YouTube clips of Batman Brave and the Bold. I've watched a oh. lot of that Music Man scene. Mm, 
that is a good show. Yeah, I want to watch more. Okay, Batman. More Batman. Okay, I guess. <laughs> so the, the, the one podcast is out now. Batman the Audio Adventure. That's the Jeffrey Wright one. The other one, uh, Batman Unburied with Winston Duke as Batman, uh, has cast his Han Minaj as the Riddler. Oh, that's that's that's, cool. that's awesome. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that guy getting into, into audio dramas. That's wild. Yeah, he's a good voice for the Riddler. Yeah. Um, the Tomb Raider anime that's coming to Netflix, uh, the sequel to the first three, to the re- reboot trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, has cast its Lara Croft as Haley Atwell. Ooh. She is British, so. She is British. <laughs> <laughs> that does track. That is a true statement, Ryan. She is British. Yeah, she, she's, she'll be good. Sure. Yeah. I mean, she's a good voice actor. It's a little weird that they didn't get the girl from the games. Yeah, I think maybe they just like they want to try to like get more people in to like get a big yeah. name. Yeah. A bigger a bigger name could lure, lure more people in. I like Haley Atwell a lot, so I'm I'm into yeah. this. But yeah. it is a little strange having like I just recently played those three games, they're incredible. Um going into this anime, I'm I'm excited, but like yeah, you could have gotten the original girl. She's there. Yeah. Right. Um yeah. I really want to watch Agent Carter again. Ooh. You guys ever seen The Lost Boys? Yes, no. I love it. Thou shalt not fall. Well, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't say this bit then. Say uh, it. All right. Um, Finish it's it. A, it's getting a remake. Yeah, 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 yeah. This, um, one's okay, this one's okay though. Directed by Jonathan Entwistle, who recently did the end of the effing world. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Randy McKinnon. Uh, so far, it has two cast members: Noah Jupe, who is the boy from A Quiet Place, and Jaden Martell. From it and the recently live-action Rick and Morty shorts yes. with Christopher Lloyd. Yes, um, I I like I like those two kids a lot. Um, I think The Lost Boys. It's not one of those movies that that I think a lot of people are precious about. We're like, oh, don't remake it. It's just a Richard really, Donner, right? Uh, Richard. No. Uh, um, Jesus. Um, uh, Shoemaker. Uh, uh, oh, Robert. Uh, Robert yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Maker, yeah, who did uh, uh, Batman and Robin and stuff. But uh, this is one of his good oh. movies, and like, it's about like teenagers and teenage vampires and like the frog, the frog brothers. Uh, uh, I, I don't know who they're going to be playing, but I imagine the kid from um, A Quiet Place. He has more of like a punk rock look, so I imagine he's going to be one of the teen vampires. Uh, mm-hmm. I like him a lot. Like he's he's got a good range. Um, I am excited for this remake. Like I think. This is a this is a franchise that could use a modern interpretation of like you know youth youth and revolt being vampires and stuff. So you're thinking we're more looking at a, at a Fright Night remake situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. So that's a good movie. It is a good movie. And now I want to talk about the ridiculous thing that Christopher Nolan did this week. The what? The um, what, the, what? I, I really I really do hope that the Lost Boys remake is good because having recently like been in a class where we did like a deep dissection on why the lost boys was the way was made the way that it was what it was saying what it why it was set in the location it was uh and the commentary that it was on 80s culture i'm like i just really hope that the remake is something doing that and not just hey that thing was pretty cool what if we just made that again and doesn't put any of that kind of thought behind it and i i worry about it being that level of thoughtless Hmm. yeah have you seen the end of the effing world uh no Okay, I've heard I've heard very good things about that, but I'm like I can't, you know, I haven't seen it, but like I, uh, uh, that makes me more excited because it's you know, 
Good direction. Uh, Brandon's Brandon's got the right comparison, I think, in mind, which is that like, I love the Fright Night remake. Fright Night's original film wasn't doing the kind of social commentary and like subtle uh, jabs about what the culture was doing, especially for like classism and where people were forced to live that yeah. the Lost Boys was doing uh, with its original film. And so that's where the remake would make me nervous because like Fright Night didn't have such a high bar of like what the commentary was about yeah, yeah, the yeah. world to clear that uh, Lost Boys would. Right. That original has Keith Kiefer Sutherland in it uh, as a young cool vampire man. Uh, it's got Alex Winters from Bill and Ted. He's a cool vampire kid in it. That movie yep. is great. It's got a got a big saxophone solo guy with a shirt on. Like a, that movie rules. <laughs> Christopher Nolan was in the news this year, this week. He is going to be leaving Warner Brothers after two decades of making films with them ever since Insomnia. Um, well, listen, Warner Brothers shouldn't have made a pandemic happen. I'm just saying. That's true. That's true. Um, he, you know, we talked about, you know, I'm sure we talked about it on the show and in person, but, you know, he's not, he's been vocally unhappy with uh, how, what's happening in your house, Sparks? Uh, I really don't know and I need to go check it out. Excuse okay. me. His house I, do wanna, I do want to talk about this, so I'll be right back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, he's not been, ha he's been vocally unhappy about what Warner Brothers is doing with their movies this year, uh, releasing them on HBO Max. Unreasonably, in, in my opinion, personally. Um, Universal is going to make his new movie uh, at Universal. This is a movie about J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role in developing the atom bomb. Hmm. Uh, now I want to ask the group, how is he manipulating time in this movie? How do we think? Let's speculate. Let's go. Um, so I, I, funny enough, I did see people say, ask us on Twitter, um, because it's dealing with the atomic bomb, it could absolutely be dealing with like, like quantum crazy shit. Um, mm -hmm. the way I saw it, like somebody speculated, like this movie, when you, when you, when you lay it out in script form, it's, it's the, the greatest scientific minds of our era coming together to stop the greatest war that has ever been, has ever, the world's ever known. That sounds like a comic book, right? So, like, I'm so ready to see this movie. Oppenheimer is such an incredible figure. Like, that is a dude who created the most devastating weapon ever imaginable, right? And his quote of, like, I am become death, destroy of worlds, like, lives in my brain forever. Like, it is, he's the main character of Manhattan Projects, right? He is a fascinating character. Uh, I honestly, I don't need him to make it big and scientific. The story on its own is so wild and unbelievable that it's a true story. Like, if but you just he tell he does do weird shit all the time. I know. So what yeah. I'm thinking, I have, I have the idea because like he does, he did even with Dunkirk. So he's yes. going to do it in this. Um, he always finds ways, not, not even just narratively like in Tenet, but or in, or in or, um, Memento, but he always finds ways to, to play with it. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking the, the beginning of the movie is the end of the movie and the, but so they go back. They, so, so, okay. So bear with me. So half of the movie is going forward half of the movie is going backward and is the middle right? the bomb going off yes okay and so that, and that but that's the end of the movie why are yeah. we talking about the pandemic uh because he because <laughs> he he's he's like asking what time thing is he going to do in this movie oh i see i see yeah. so he does every single movie yeah. um so so this is what he, he he's getting in return for taking this movie to universal studios uh, universe go ahead uh, it's hard for me to feel 
like I think Christopher Nolan's doing this out of like a Warner Brothers did me dirty with Tenet, and I'm like, well, you shouldn't have made it a movie that had to come out when people couldn't go to the theaters, you butt. Yeah, um, he was a butt. He was. He was. I, I, I feel no sympathy yeah. for Christopher Nolan forcing, feeling like he needed to force people to go to theaters to see his movie mm-hmm. when they shouldn't have. Could Don't have feel bad it. about that at all. Could have pushed it. Um, yeah, his insistence to bring to make it to make that movie come out in July was ridiculous. Um, but here's what here's what Universal is giving him in return. Universal is willing to give him total creative control, twenty percent off the first dollar gross. So it's the first weekend. Mm-hmm. A one hundred to one hundred and thirty day exclusive theatrical window, which is more than most than like every movie that get, that comes out. That's like. That's like four months. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a blackout period where the studio can't release another movie three weeks before and three weeks after. All right. Put your dick away, bro. <laughs> and that is what Universal... Like, to be Christopher Nolan, you walk in a room, I want to give you this movie, and they're just, like, beating each other off with a stick to well, try to get this movie. On, on one hand, I respect the guy who can get this. Because he is one of he is like one of America's like biggest filmmakers, right? And like yeah. if he thinks he can get away with this and, and do it, then I get it. And like he is a dude who respects cinema. Like I think he respects it in a way that he doesn't actually respect it if he doesn't like people watching movies the way they want to. But like I get it. And like if he can make his big old movie and like you can't release any other movies but when my movies in theaters, and I'm like, all right, bro, cool. That's the deal he wants to make, then cool, good on him. I'll see it probably on DVD. <laughs> yeah, I uh I don't look, I wish I could I wish I could walk into a studio and people want to suck my dick that badly. Um but I mean, he made the bad the, the Batman's like, you know, it's got a lot yeah, of way. No, he he's one of the few directors who who can who can make the movies that he wants to make. Um and if he really thinks the total creative control man, you're not gonna hear this movie. This movie's gonna be inaudible if he's giving full creative control. I am just I uh you missed you missed this first but I kind of went into like I am really really excited just for the premise of the of the of the movie like Oppenheimer and just like the atomic bomb like the story behind it's immensely fascinating so like I am there from the get go so like I I he believes in this movie so like I'm gonna be there um I guess Warner Brother movies aren't happening for a month around it though so take that Universal movies Universal movies take that. I, I really think he's an incredible filmmaker, I do, but I also think that he gets way too wrapped up in like the cinematic experience as the only proper way to watch movies ever, mm-hmm. period, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that obsession has pushed him to this level of like, go see this movie when it's dangerous, and now that you didn't, I'm gonna go to another studio where they'll never stop me again. And I just uh, it's a little It's like a little pissy, yeah. He's he's so engrossed in his own bullshit, um, and it's it. I I definitely think there's a level where like, because he's a person who still insists on on like you know IMAX and and things like that, and like I've seen his movies on IMAX, and then I see them at home on Blu-ray, and I'm like you know I didn't lose a lot in the in the in between, my friend. Um, like it's not your your obsession is a little grotesque as, and dramatic. He's acting like he's not James Cameron. Oh. No. He's also acting like a kid who was who has this big ambitious project. One parent said no, and then he says, "Fine, I'll go to the other parent, and they're ne- never going to refuse me." So it's. it's I mean, I definitely like, I used to do that. 
I'm not I'm not gonna say like Martin Scorsese is on this exact same level, but I think like you, you brought James Cameron and I think that's a good example where James Cameron like very much has his idea of what cinema should look like and he puts it out there, but he's also not out there limiting like how audiences might perceive what cinema is. He's just saying like this is what I want mm-hmm. to give and I give that. And Christopher Nolan feels like he needs to absolutely make everyone understand that they're wrong about watching it in any way that isn't his way. No, that's what I'm saying. He was he's he's not James Cameron. Right. No, I know. And I'm not saying that you say that. I'm saying like that that is the illustrative like comparison where James Cameron is like a director who creates a vision and then but he leaves you at your disposal to watch that vision as you best see fit and he doesn't really care about it beyond that point. He created the way he wanted it to be. And Christopher Nolan will create it the way he wants it to be, but he's also like, you have to see it the way I said that it should be seen and you can't see it any other way, at least not the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, look, look, Tenet was not, wasn't going to be any more, uh, uh, was he could listen to it. You hear it. Whatever. You can't hear the damn movie. Oh, yeah. Sure. You need subtitles. I'm sorry, Christopher Nolan, but you made it say that you need subtitles on that movie. I gotcha. I gotcha. I was going to say, I don't think I would enjoy Tenet anymore if I saw it in a movie theater first besides my laptop. Mm. Yeah. Well, at least on the TV, Ben. Come on. What are you, an animal? I don't think I was going to. I don't think I would enjoy Tenet more in a movie theater or on my TV or wherever else. But, I mean, if Nolan. No one does I, no I one like does. me. Definitely... I like me some time, bros. <laughs> I know, and also, and also to answer your question earlier about how I think he's gonna warp time into it, um, the bomb is gonna cause a flux, and Oppenheimer is gonna not realize it until the middle of the movie. It's like, oh shit, I gotta stop the bomb because it's gonna. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a sci-fi alt- thing. It's not gonna be an alternate alternate history. It's not. It's not sci-fi. It's a biopic. So, like, I'm just wondering, like, you know, I'm taking like Dunkirk into into uh, into. Uh, I do. I do like your idea of like 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 the bomb being like the centerpiece and like like the movie starts and ends in different places uh but like he just maybe just make a traditional movie chris it's all right yeah but he won't <laughs> that's why he but went to universal yeah, i mean dark knight movies were somewhat traditional that's Yo, there's what? an eight there's an eight month time gap in dark knight rises i said somewhat <laughs> eight months i didn't think eight months yeah bro oh yeah that that sucks i hate that part of the movie yeah me too i said somewhat I, anyway that anyway, it's it's me. not it's not the Batman films he did this to, but if you go back to I haven't seen Insomnia, so I can't say. But from like Insomnia, Memento, Insomnia is it. about him living in in Alaska where there it's always sunny. So like time, like it's not a direct thing, but like he doesn't know what time of day it is, and he has insomnia. So like he's tripping. So that's about time. Every every movie, every like movie that, that he's like like his originals like mm-hmm. have been dealing whether in editing or in plot with time in some way so i think it's, where's the time aspect in the, the prestige the Cloning. prestige is not a the prestige is not a is not a um is not a single narrative it's going like all over the place with, with flashbacks and whatnot and the clones and you don't know what's going also, on also there's Eternals. two brothers there's not enough time in the world yeah, so the he, has to, he, has, he has to he has to split up his life because there's enough time and well and christian bale plays the twins it's in that's, it's in it's what I'm editing saying. yeah it, it's it, see like like um like memento it's in the editing it's not in the, the plot window. Mementing. You should see Memento. What's next? Right, tra- trailers. Yes, it's time. Yo, uh, remember uh, the last time we were talking about trailers and there were a bunch of like not great trailers? Oh, I hope that's different today. No, this week there's a lot of really good trailers. Good. Yeah. Well, how about the Many Saints of Newark had a new trailer? Ryan, did you see it? Oh shit, dude. This trailer 
this trailer rips so hard. There's a lot of really good trailers that the music is really integral to why the trailer is really good, especially the first two that we're going to talk about. But like, I am, I am so ready for this movie. I am so excited. Uh, I'm probably going to watch Sopranos after it because it's like, it's, it's getting me like, I love good mob shit. I haven't watched a good mob thing in a while, but like when it hits good, it like really hits. And like, and like just seeing all the little Sopranos references, like, hey, it's that character, but like 40 years, he's a baby. Look, it's a baby version of him. Like, oh, I'm so excited. It's good. Dexter New Blood. Oh, this is probably my favorite trailer of the week. I think this is a really, really great trailer. Um, and I just before, like yesterday watched in like an hour and a half long Dexter uh video essay retrospective. Um, because the show's coming out and the trailer came out, whatever. And um, yo, this trailer's so good, and it looks like it looks like really good Dexter. And you know what I realized? The last two seasons of Dexter are by Scott Buck. Do you know who Scott Buck was the creative director of? In Humans and Iron Fist. The, oh my he, god. Dexter sucks so bad and it makes sense because like, oh yeah, he's terrible. Um, This looks like a return to form. Uh, I am so excited. I, I love Dexter. My cat is scratching my back. Ow, stop. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no. Ryan's dying. It's okay. No. Did, did I, nobody else watched Dexter, right? It was just me? No. I, don't watch I, watched, I watched the first two seasons. Cool. Uh, those I are... didn't continue because when I was watching them is when people were like, wow, this show ended bad. And I'm like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, the first four seasons are excellent. And then just like, then the show ended at season four. And then there's a new season coming out. How cool is that? <laughs> um, the Wheel of Time. This is a couple weeks old now. Yeah, yeah ben, we you missed like, it. Ben, uh, you like fantasy? Yeah, I do. How does it feel good. about it? Yeah, it was cool. good. Uh, I haven't read the books. I didn't know. I don't know what the books are, but... Uh, you got some cool. You got some cool fancy looking shit. You they got are, some dealing with time. Wheel of Time is one of the most uh, prolific, famous fantasy book series after Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a major. It's been a major deal how it would be adapted. Um, it's also importantly one of the series where uh, the author passed away before completing the series. Um, his son i want to say is the person who carried on uh based on his notes to complete this the series um it's massive in scope and in uh story it's wild that it's uh being adapted as a show uh and amazon having it kind of creates a sense of what the lord of the Rings show will be what they're capable of and how much they're willing to throw at it the wheel of time show looks really really good um which I'm really surprised with and pleased with. So Lord of the Rings is probably going to look incredible. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, this is like, this is like their test. Because like the Lord of the Rings show is like, it's apparently like the most like, not just the most expensive show they made, like it's like the most expensive show of all time. Like, yeah. and like, there's news that like, uh, Howard, Howard Shore, is that the, 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 yeah, the, Howard Shore. He's, he might be coming back. To, and I'm like, yo, that's huge. That is, that music is integral to that. That's incredible. Um, yeah. All right. Hell yeah, baby. Yeah, let's do it. I probably skipped this one and just watched Lord of the Rings personally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I recommend giving it a chance if you have the opportunity. I have not read all the Wheel of Time books, but I am familiar with the concept of the story. There's a lot to like here. I will say, like visually, it it, it is giving me like all the things that I want in a fantasy show. But like, it, it it's one of those things where like when you see a trailer, it throws so much throws so much at you, and I'm like, I just don't know. Especially, how, what especially is- if. Especially a fantasy one, and I'm sure there will be another trailer later that will tell you more of what's going on in the story. Yeah. Um, I am happy for Rosamund Pike to have something that might actually yes. be really solid again. Yeah, I like her a lot, yeah. Injustice, the animated movie, had a uh, brief trailer, about a minute and 13. Hey, man. Ooh, less. Looks like, even looks less. Like, looks like that game. 
looks yeah. yeah looks like the opening scene of that game yeah i'm ready i'm ready for it like uh i hope i hope they make multiple of these like i hope there is like an injustice 2 and all that stuff uh and i hope like i i obviously there's probably going to be like a lot of the comic stuff incorporated within this um but i'm i'm ready to watch that like sure yeah tom taylor even said like yeah they've used his stuff to fill in some of the gaps between where uh the game starts which is superman killing the joker and where the game actually like the gameplay part starts yeah yeah, yeah. um so yeah i'm i'm down let's do it i i really need to play that last game oh yeah it's good i mean to but then i put in miles morales what's wrong with me hey man a lot of games <laughs> Uh, did anybody here? I, I gotta ask first. Did anybody here see Bright? I did. Yeah, I I'm, it. I'm holding up my nub. Yeah, yeah that's you holding up your. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, then I am curious. How does Bright Samurai Soul, the remake, feudal Japan remake anime, look? Not so good. if so, if I never saw Bright, I still like wouldn't want to watch this because I don't think it looks very good. But it's just a remake of a bad movie, so I really don't want to watch it. it it's just—it's just the worst animation. It's all it, the things I hate about 3D animation. hundred percent sparks everything that we complain about about like like the 3D animation in the modern era, especially like on Netflix and stuff. Like this is the the epitome. This is it. This is it, you guys. Yeah, I. Uh, the epitome. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I, I, if I had seen this first, quite honestly, I probably would have been more interested, but yeah. knowing, uh, knowing this is a remake and, and, and such a weird way to do a remake, albeit in, relatively inventive. Um, yeah. It, Lu is the main character though. So that's kind of cool. Good for oh, him. Is, oh, is he? Yeah. Get, oh, get okay. that work. I mean, I mean good that he's getting yeah, more not enough to make me watch it. That, not animation, enough to make me watch it. that animation looks like dog shit. It, it looks does. like it's a video game and a bad video game at that. Yeah. Just um, no. Just the whole time I watched this, I'm like, first of all, we don't have to go back to Bright. Second of all, this looks like crap. Yo, if you watch, all, no. On. If you go to the comments for the on the YouTube trailer, a lot of fans of Bright. They just they're just not on the internet, my guy. They're like, hey, oh, does this yeah. mean we're getting that sequel that we were promised? A thousand likes. I'm like, ah. Max Landis is uh, Star Wars. That hey, was. we all we all have dreams. <laughs> That's true. Aquaman, King of Atlantis. I'm taking my glove off for this one. This, this... is the new animated show. Come to HBO Max. God, yeah, it was it was a quick little tease, but like, um, like I love just how be like like it's. It has like modern comedy sensibilities, but it doesn't look like a like every other like Rick and Morty type show. It has like a really mm -hmm. weird like almost like a SpongeBobby like kind of look. And like it's not just because it's underwater, but like something like 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 the jokes and like it zooms in on faces and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, the way the the way like the characters' faces morph to fit animation styles. It, yeah. it doesn't. There's no realism within the animation, so to speak. Absolutely, uh, it looks I, very animated. I am. I am. I was already ready. Like once I saw like like the still. Uh, but like I, I love when they try to do something different, and like this, this definitely spoke to me. I'm like, oh, this looks so fun. Yeah, yeah it's, it's much more in the vein of a OKKO OK animation, and I'm mm. all about it. Well, I love how trying to sit on this throne, the seahorse throne. Like, can we, can, is there another throne? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, or just like Ocean Master. Boom. <laughs> uh, it looks yeah. very funny. Oh, it's it, gonna be. It's like an animated trilogy. So is that like yeah. like th like short like short films? 
Well, it sounded well initially. I thought it was a series, but it sounds like it's like three, maybe not feature length, but movies. Like, like they have never, they have never been clear about exactly what this was going to be. Yeah, like three thirty-minute episodes or something. I think, like, I think they're looking at like forty-five. Yeah, I'll tell. I want a lot of it, so whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I'm excited. Boy, howdy! This one surprised me. Um, I was, I, I saw a release date for uh, uh. Paranormal Activity 7 is going to Paramount Plus in October. And I was like, didn't we just talk about that last month? I And then, I could, man. surprise, surprise, there's a trailer. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't watched like the last, like, I don't, I don't even, you said there's seven of them now? This is seven. I don't think I've seen past three. Um, That's fine. Like, I guess I, I, I am not. Like I think it's a cool idea that they're they're moving it away from just being the camcorder thing, but also incorporating that still into it. So like they can tell more of like a narrative story or whatever. Um, but this didn't do a lot for me to be honest. Like it looks it looks all right. Yeah, I remember being very excited hearing about this with uh, the director of Freaky and uh, Happy Death Day. Oh, being... that's, oh, that's who the director is. This this guy. Well, he's not. He's the writer, not the oh, director. writer. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. So like I, I was I was excited because you know I like him. Um, and he's been, and he was involved in the early paranormal activity film. So I was like, yeah, that's that's cool. I this trailer again just didn't really do a lot. Um, I wonder if it's maybe just a bad trailer or you know. I think, uh, it's, I, I think it's a bad teaser. Yeah. Um, but I also think that I would probably be more excited if Paranormal Activity hadn't done anything after three. Oh, true. Yeah, if we didn't have. A so I, I stopped. I stopped at the good point. <laughs> well, no, it's not even that. It's not that I think four or. Uh, the spin-off one that became five were bad. Yeah. Um, it's not that I thought those were necessarily bad. It's that they were just weaker and three had a clear finale. It closed yeah. a loop between the the first two and that one. And it was like yeah. a solid trilogy. And they should have left it alone after that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the last one goes. I never watched it. Um, I, I never watched six. That's the only one I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen past the trailer of one. <laughs> um, it's so cute. It, it, and, and I mean, like, it, it, I think less so that the story wasn't good after that. It was that you can only do camcorder shtick for so long in the same, yeah. in the same setup, but in different ways. Like, you got to know the beats of all the paranormal activity movies are the same. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, at what, around what point in the movie it's going to get actually scary. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have like the setup, and then you have like the one scare, and then stuff moves in the house, and the end's always like, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, And it'd be cool if this can break away from that. Uh, It looks like it. Like I don't think like the trailer was very good, but it looks like it's breaking away from it. Yeah, I'll be honest. Definitely. Go ahead. There's definitely cool ideas in the world that didn't get explored enough in are those films like, because they were limited by the camcorder. Are there like culty people, like culty yes. monster people mm-hmm. in those movies? Yes. Okay, I didn't I didn't realize that. Okay. At the end of, of the third one you find out that like it was a whole cult of witches oh, that cursed the family and everything. Man, yeah. this is like a decade ago, man. <laughs> yeah, and then we see more of that cult in four and then Okay. Uh yeah. I don't know. Uh maybe I'll watch six before this comes out. But um, it looks a little bit like it's trying to do prestige horror stuff um, mm-hmm. and, and schlocky horror paranormal activity. Man, though, like paranormal activity was such an eye opener for studios. They were all just like cheaper movies. 
Yeah, that cost like ten thousand dollars, and they made like a hundred million dollars. Like, yeah, break. Um, Earth Echo is pretty good. There's some so, some of the sci-fi ones like Earth Echo and Chronicle are pretty good. Hmm. Midnight Mass. Oh, God. oh, this trailer was so good too. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the best. Is... One of the best uses of a cover. Uh, like sometimes that stuff can get old, but I thought this was a really good one, especially because it was going for dissonance. It was uh, um, it was Keen's "Let Me In," right? Like "Let Me In." <laughs> uh, uh, someplace where, uh, yeah, someplace that, only we know. Yeah, super super haunting. Like a lot of the same like haunting of Hill House cast, um, same director. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the buzz around this one's real strong. You guys, like I am, I am super hyped for this one. Uh, I didn't know what this really was like about. Like I like it's like like religious stuff. But, like, this religious guy comes to this, like, small town, and then, like, kooky shit happens. Like, this is, like, Lovecraft shit. Like, I, uh, it's, I'm so excited. I, I love the cast. So stoked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If it's, a, if, if it's as good as, as a, a haunting film, a haunting uh, series, like, I'm stoked. Doctor Sleep this trailer, Doctor so. Sleep looked good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Project Almanac, by the way, is the other, is the other found footage film that I think is really good. Mm. I was trying to remember. Yeah, I thought this trailer was exceptional. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, really loved it. Definitely got the. It's like, oh, it's a happy comeback home. I'm going to start my life over. Then it gets into creepy shit. And then it goes back to the happy stuff with the super creepy visuals. It's like, the frick am I watching? It's, and it's uh, uh, the, 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 the guy from uh, Legion. And I haven't seen anything since he was in Legion. He's like the agent in Legion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good, good to see him. He was also in the new adventures. Well. He was also in the new adventures of old Christine. I wouldn't have um, guessed. <laughs> uh, Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro's new movie. What, what what do we say? We don't know what he's making until a trailer comes out. Yeah, nope. that's so true. I didn't I had no idea this was coming. Uh, more more Lovecraft shit, man. He's never get get to make at the Mountains of Madness because that movie costs a billion dollars. Um, circus weirdness, great cast. Willem Dafoe, is it a man or a beast? Another Bradley Cooper, Bradley Cooper. It's yeah, it's the same, it's around the same period as Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely looks like, like, this, like, this seems a lot like stuff. him doing, yeah, this seems a lot like Del Toro, much as like it, Shape of Water would have been his creature from the Black Lagoon. This feels like possibly either his Jekyll and Hyde or, or like, you know, him getting to tell a period piece, uh, well, Bruce Banner Hulk story, so. Yeah, there's a shot with with Bradley Cooper has a blindfold on and there's like a symbol painted on and like that's like weird mysticism shit. I'm like, oh man, I don't even know what's going on in this movie. Like I am, yeah. I'm so like, stoked. And like, Will Defoe's like... Will narration throughout is already good or not good. Man. It's great. Man, or it's like the second I saw Guillermo del Toro's name, I'm like, that's not the way he spelled haunted mansion, but I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, where's where's Pinocchio Haunted Mansion? I won't where's let that go. Movies? I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm, I won't let it go. Pokemon, Pokemon. What's Pokemon? the show he's doing? P- Pinocchio. Oh, Pinocchio. Yeah. Pinocchio is, he's not directing it. He's co-directing it, uh, and that's going to Netflix. Uh, yeah, I'm super stoked. When Del Toro said trailer next trailer tomorrow, I'm like, for what? What do you <laughs> What do you got right now? That's always uh, that again. Like it's always fun. It's so secret. Yeah, I love it. Um, so stoked. I love Bradley Cooper as an actor. So yeah, this, bring it on. This had to be like a pandemic movie, right? Like this, but it looks had like, to be. This looks like oh, yeah. so like a regular movie. Yeah, yeah. All the pandemic movies have a have like a feel towards them. Like yeah. Oh yeah, you definitely did this in a pandemic. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. 
Last Night in Soho, the second trailer, probably the final trailer. I think this trailer is good. I wish I didn't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I, I, I I did not watch it. Good. I'm glad you oh. didn't. Um, I think it reveals what the plot of the movie is, and I had no idea, but now I actually know like what what this what everything is going on in the movie, and I know it's gonna reveal a lot more like when I see it, but like I I think this trailer was really good. I think it revealed a little too much for for my wear. You uh, in this trailer, you get why why the Jojo Rabbit girl, I forget her name, is uh, seeing the past. Yeah, it just I, yeah, it's it explains it explains everything, and I'm just like, oh, I didn't I didn't need it. I saw Edgar Wright tweet out when he dropped the trailer that he's like, hey, this here's the trailer that I have to put out for this movie. If you're already sold, I don't recommend watching it. I I think you should just avoid it and go in blind. And I'm like, well, there's it's you and yeah. I'm sold. So I'm not watching this trailer because Edgar Wright told me not to. There's only one specific thing about the plot in the modern day that they gave away that I just, I truly wish they didn't because I like, I think it's integral to the movie. And I'm like, now I know like everything. And I'm like, it's an Edgar Wright movie. So like, I wish I didn't know as much going into it now, but like For good sure. trailer, good trailer for like regular people. Like they needed this trailer. Cause that first one's like, it's like really wacky in a good way. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This one really sold me on the movie. Yeah. And That's I'm fine. Looking... Like I was already sold. So I didn't, I, exactly. it, yeah. I didn't watch it. Yeah. 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 I, I, um, Still really like the look of this movie. I'm really excited. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Gorgeous. I love the. I love it when movies do neon. Uh, yeah. Oh, this one shot in this is just so good. Just can't wait to see it in the movie. All right, and then uh, Marvel, Marvel dropped a Hawkeye. It did. The Christmas Hawkeye trailer time. dropped. All the ring, best ring, presents ring. come with a bow. Oh my gosh, guys! Um, a pretty good tagline. That is a great tagline. <laughs> so before we talk about this trailer, Hawkeye in the comics in my opinion, kind of sucked until Matt Fraction relaunched him as a really comedy-centric character in the early, in like early 2010s. Because before that, he was a deaf character, which is great for representation. He was boring as hell. He was a, he was a straight white dude who just shot a bow real well. No, I didn't care about him at all. Matt Fraction revitalized that character, and now he's been a comedic delight for the last like eight to ten years, I would say. Um, Jeremy Renner is not that guy. And they've tried to turn... Uh, Hawkeye into that character little by little uh, and now that we are fir firmly at this is the Hawkeye television show uh, I am glad Haley Steinfeld is in it <laughs> uh, yeah I love Haley Steinfeld just says oh uh, Maddox says another yeah. action holiday special I'm looking forward to yeah mm -hmm. um, I really like look it was Christmas it's a Christmas show and I'm really stoked for that I'm actually really excited for this for the show I yeah um, I do really like Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye. I'm um, glad. He's got a lot of my favorite moments in three of the four movies he's in. Well, five. I didn't count Thor. I won't count Thor. No, he's in um, it for a minute. Uh, like, he's got some of the best moments in Age of Ultron, uh, Civil War, and Endgame. Uh, less so in Endgame. But I was, about to, I was about to ask what it was in Endgame. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the stuff with, like, when he's doing the time travel stuff. Um, like when he sees his, his, his family, I think is really great. Mm -hmm. If you wanted a specific example. No, no, no. It's just like, um, for me, that is, that is like not Hawkeye's character whatsoever. He, that's, that's sad. The Ronan Hawkeye. stuff does get the, the Ronan stuff does get uh, problematic the more we get away from it. Um, and I'm kind of glad that we're like addressing it as like a haunting. It's like haunting him. Um, yeah. it's moving away from that. I, so yeah, I really like Jeremy Renner. I really like Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye and I'm really excited for the show. Uh, uh, Sparks, anything? 
yeah, I mean, I'm I'm stoked to watch it. Uh, this looked like it'll be entertaining. I'm hopeful. We'll see. Uh, they're they're all kind of walking a weird a weird line with me right now. So we'll see if this is maybe the Disney Plus show that puts it over. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I am just so glad that they are they are incorporating so like all the stuff from that comic. Uh, like the the track the tracksuit mafia. The sh- they're called tracksuit uh, Draculas in the comic and they say bro with everything so like bro i got you bro uh they blow up a, a, a van that says like rent a bro so that's very much in there uh kate bishop's mother is in this it's uh um i forget the actress's name uh, vera formiga uh, vera formiga that and her mother is like uh, a rich evil socialite who holds like uh, uh illegal uh, auctions for supervillains who is run by the kingpin in this comic not saying kingpin in the show but what i am saying is you guys that that episode's uh, a four and five of Hawkeye, Spider Man comes out, and I'm just saying Daredevil's in that in that movie, and I'm just saying if Kingpin is in the show, I'm just saying it's a double threat in one week, and I'm just saying Marvel could do it, bring back the Netflix guys. I miss them a lot. That's all. We'll see. Um, yeah, I the uh, Kate Bishop is is a great character who I really like um, from the Young Avengers runs mm-hmm. that I've read, and uh, Haley Steinfeld that was always my pick for that character, so I'm really happy to see her in this, and I think she's got a good dynamic with Jamie Renner. Yeah, um, in terms of, like, fan casting, like, like, she really is perfect. Like, she gets that character down, and, like, I will absolutely... uh, Oh, I forgot, like, I did play... I mentioned I played Avengers this week, but I played specifically as Kate Bishop, so I can level up Kate Bishop a little bit more. Um, I looked through some of my comics this week, and, like, I I have... I've bought every Hawkeye comic for the last 10 years since Fractions Run, because then it turned into Jeff Lemire, then it turned into Kelly Thompson, and then it turned into Matt Rosenberg, and I'm like, bam, these are all great. Hawkeye's good when he's funny. <laughs> uh this is a cool shot where Jeremy Renner catches a Molotov cocktail and throws it back. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, I I'm very excited for the show. Oh yeah. Yeah. I liked when when her, his daughter was because they kind of keep addressing that he has kids. Um when he's just like, We haven't spent Christmas in years. It's like, well, yeah, you disappeared for like yeah. five years. They couldn't get Linda Cardellini, unfortunately. Yeah, I heard about that. It's too That's bad. That's a shame. That's all right. Yeah. That that does suck. It'll be it'll be nice to have a Christmas thing again. Yeah, in November, especially in the MCU. Well, I'm sure like yeah. the heavy, a lot of the heavy Christmas stuff will hit in December. No, I know, I get you. This Christmas, I thought it was next year, but the Matrix Resurrections, the fourth Matrix film, released its first trailer. I'm confused. I'm not. This trailer is so good. Holy shit. No, the trailer was good, but are is this taking place after the third Matrix movie? Is yeah. okay. Well, so okay, there's a couple of conflicting theories. One theory that I that look look, there's a shot in the movie where they're playing the first Matrix on on a, on a there's multiple on a shots of the movie where they're playing the screen. Matrix. So like there's a there's there is a there is a rumor going around that Matrix Resurrections takes place in a world where the Matrix is a movie within the Matrix. Yes, and I want I want to hear all of your guys' thoughts before I get into why I'm excited for this movie. I don't have uh, thoughts. I only have what I've seen on the internet, and I'm just kind of like, I guess so. I'm here for it anyway. I mean, I mean, I, the I just seen the I've just seen the trailer because um, it's like where the where the hell's Morpheus? Uh, Morpheus no. died. Morpheus died in the Matrix Online video game. I actually, but he no, he's, he's revealed to be alive at the end of that event. He faked his death. Mm. I don't. Remember a, that. I played. There's that game, a lot of. That. There's a lot of fun canon that that 
this that this movie may incorporate from that game because the Wachowskis worked on that game. They worked on all the games except Enter uh, the Path of Neo, <laughs> which is the bad one. Uh, Sparks, I want to hear your thoughts. No, he, on this no they did. They did Path of Neo. They directed Path of Neo. Oh, well, that one's not good anyway. Then sorry. Enter the Enter the Matrix. Uh, the Matrix I, I'm pretty sure they were about uh, around. Sparks, yeah. sorry, I, I stepped on. I stepped on your moment. No, you're all good. I don't really have a lot of strong anything about this. Um, yeah. The Matrix is not one of my beloved properties. I like it fine. Um, and so, like this, it looks like a cool movie. Yeah. Um, I don't have strong feelings about anything, to be honest. Uh, sure. The the only thing I have a strong feeling about is knowing Lawrence Fishburne wasn't uh, is disappointed he wasn't invited back for the Matrix uh, Resurrections, and confused about it. And I do hope that there's not just kind of like weird erasure using a. Mateen's character there's um, right. well first i think we have to see the movie before that too also the people who made the movie i think it's their call if they want to bring one of their characters back or not um it, so well, so I... go ahead go ahead i'll just right. say so ben you're on whoever said it about it, it the, the plot of this movie and the rumors the rumors are might be true now because like every mover in hollywood every rumor comes of true these days that this is basically like a Force Awakens. Um, Yaya Madul Mateen is is quote unquote the new Morpheus, but he's not Morpheus. He's just the new Morpheus. Uh, Jessica, okay. uh, Jessica, ooh, ooh. she has the blue hair in this in this movie. The lady, the blue okay. hair. She's the new quote unquote Trinity. The, at the end of the Matrix, um, there's a truce between the machines and the humans, right? You know, yeah, uh, the over. Matrix. Yeah, the, the 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 Matrix for people who haven't seen the Matrix, I don't know who hasn't seen the Matrix at this point, but it's a fake world. People are batteries for the machines. We live in a fake world because humans are the best batteries on the planet. So they just make a bunch of humans uh, and they live in a fake world, right? Um, people break out of that world at the end. Of, at the end of the movies, it's all good, right? Twenty years pass. So what's the story? Uh, apparently, the story is the machines wanted control back. So the Matrix now is. The Matrix is a real movie that exists in the Matrix. And you know, you know the whole thing in the past 20 years, like, oh, we live in a simulation. People who live in the Matrix now, to, to counter that they actually live in the Matrix, people are like, oh, so you think you live in the movie The Matrix? That's why at the end, that dude is like, that guy is like a movie agent. And he's like, oh, we're going back to The Matrix. Neo, Thomas Anderson, is an actor who was in the original movie, who was, a, who was an actor who was going through shit. I, there's so much shit happening in this movie, guys. I'm so excited for it. I know that sounded like a bunch of nonsense. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I watched so to be many fair, answers. to be fair, yeah. it might not even be true, but it's probably no, yeah. it is. No, yeah, I watched so many things about the Matrix. Again, I also watched like an hour and a half a video on trans representation in the Matrix and why that movie is so important to science fiction in the 21st century. The Matrix is the most important science fiction movie in the past 21st century, uh, even though it came out in 1999. But you know what I mean. Um, this movie can be a huge cultural shift for blockbusters if done right. It's also the screenwriter of Cloud Atlas. It's it's like uh, of the book, the book. Sorry, not uh, uh, the guy who wrote the book is writing this movie. That is crazy. Uh, this movie is going. This movie is going to be wild. I am so excited for it. Um, it's not just another like we're just doing it just to do it. Uh, I fully believe in it. It is going to tackle nostalgia at its core. Ben, get ready. Because it's going to be about, oh, look, we're reliving in the Matrix. How cool is it that we're in the Matrix again? And, like, no, you want to break away from nostalgia. That's the whole point. Well, funny thing, I, like Sparks, Matrix isn't one of my beloved movies. I mean, oh, I, I, I need to, I, for I me, need it to, is. I need to specify the original Matrix is. Yeah. I, I felt I'm not as enamored with what came after. 
Uh, I will. I would love to show you an amazing. And I agree. I don't think the movies are great, but I think with hindsight now, um, those movies are way better than any of us give them credit for because we were all looking through them for a very different lens than what the artist well, who made it intended. Well, also let me clarify. I do agree that the original Matrix is a masterpiece put to film. It got it got people thinking. It is a very very exceptionally made sci-fi movie. I. The scenes in that movie are so iconic, like the scene where he, where Neo dodges bullets for the first ben, time. I'm not asking you to be super excited. I'm no, I'm the only person who's super excited for it. Oh, I, I am. I am. I mean, am. This is the most. Uh, if Dune wasn't coming out, this is the. When I think of big movie blockbusters, like, I, like I think of Denny Villeneuve, his quotes recently about like the MCU, and like I love the MCU, but yeah, you know what? I would much rather watch something like Dune or something like this than another MCU movie at the end of the day. And like, I'm glad I'm getting this because this looks like insane, insane shit. Uh, hell yeah, I'm so excited. One of the things that big, I really big, big trans director, like this is incredible. Like I'm so excited this franchise is back. You guys have no idea. I'm so thrilled. It's good. Well, I'm glad you're thrilled. One of the things I really like about uh, film, in particular, especially like, any sort of storytelling medium, is when it was when a director writer, whoever, creative force, puts a lot of passion behind their thing, and they really are passionate about something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's why I like, you know, it's why I like Aquaman, you know, like, kind of a small example, but Aquaman has a lot of passion from James Wan. He's really passionate about that film. Yeah. Um, and I, I really respond well to that, and I watched the trailer. I was very excited. I love seeing Matrix iconography again in, in 21st century lens and whatnot, and then seeing, and then reading what Lana, right? Yeah, yeah. Lana. Lana Wachowski. What Lana Wachowski was talking about um, coming back to this movie without um, what's the other one name? Sorry, um, Lily. Yeah. Um, without Lily, um, because of all the things that came up that came around their life, and like seeing that they're willing to tackle this fourth film with the same amount of passion that they did the first one got me even more excited. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't want you to talk about it too much. Like, I could, like, I, I might do a, I might try to get someone to do a podcast about this because, like, I, I, this trailer did something for me, much like the the new Spider Man trailer did, where like it wasn't just a nostalgia, but it's like, oh my god, like this thing that I love so much is coming back. But also, like, this has the hypest moment in trailers of the year for me when when the the uh, uh, the theme song starts playing with the the uh, uh, with the what's it called like the pop song when the matrix theme starts playing with the pop up at the same time at the end of the trailer it was the hypest thing i've seen in a trailer in a long time and it got me i had so many goosebumps goose feathers were coming out of my mouth guys i was so i was beyond excited the first time i saw this trailer um because it's again like brandon it's the thing you brought up like whether the quality is there or not at the end of the day like when the movie's out we'll see but like the passion is there like i don't like cloud atlas very much i think that movie is is overly but it tries it really tries and that's why i respect the hell out of it but i don't think it's very good that's why i'm excited the, the person who wrote that book is writing the screenplay because that means hollywood is willing to give this person a chance that means this movie is going to be buck wild yeah i think warner brothers also is willing to give uh lana wachowski whatever she wanted uh because bringing back the matrix is big for them yeah um you can't they're... just bring like anybody yeah 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 so i i think that they were willing to give her the just the whatever she needed um there was something specific that I wanted to mention about something. Uh, oh yeah, I, I'm not crazy about the Wachowskis' later films after The Matrix. Um, you know, Speed Racer. No, I, I, I was about to say like I liked up to Speed Racer, um, and then after that, I no, 
I didn't like Cloud Atlas. I didn't what? like Jupiter's, like, Jupiter's Ascending. Whatever yeah. that movie's called. Was no, Speed yeah. Racer the movie they made right after The Matrix? Like yeah, the it was great. One? Yeah, I made after yeah, The Matrix. Great. Yeah. No, no, because you said up to Speed Racer. was like, they didn't make another movie after The Matrix besides Speed Racer. Cloud Atlas? Yeah. That's literally Jupiter what we've Ascending? been saying is Cloud yeah. Atlas. They made that. Yeah, Cloud I know Atlas. they made that. What are you saying? Let's move fast. Brandon, you, yeah, let's move it. Well, move on. No, uh, Matrix up to Speed Racer. Good movies. What did I not say that? No, you said yeah, that. Yeah, because the way you said it implied that there are other movies that they made in between Matrix and Speed Racer when it was Matrix Speed Racer. No, no, no. He was saying everything up to Speed Racer he likes and okay. everything after Speed Racer he did not. All right, it's uh, we're going to talk about Why the Last Man, the comic, the first volume of the comic, Unmanned, I believe it's called. Sparks, uh, and, you got, you didn't, yep, he's got, he didn't do, he didn't do this. Okay. And the first episode of the TV series. Hell yeah. So what do we think about this? Ben, you go first. So that book is definitely, I mean, the book is good. Um, dated, I mean, very dated. There's a few choice words in there that I'm like, eh, okay, that, that's, that doesn't really fly by today's standards, but whatever. Uh, I really like how the show kind of shows um, the people's lives before the event, before the, the plague hits. Um, you definitely get a feeling for what happens before, especially with, between Yorick and um, uh, Beth. Because all you really get is just a phone call with Beth is in Australia already. She has something to tell him, which you already mm-hmm. kind of get inkling that she's like, hey, I'm kind of seeing someone else down here. And this, and the second where you actually get to see the proposal and the conversation between the two is like a little more gut-wrenching. And also you get to see a day in the life of his mom, the con- uh, representative Brown. You get to mm-hmm. see what she's going through, how she's kind of going to head, butting heads with the current Republican president. You can see Nora. I really like once it's a classic case of the show of shows expanding what the comic gives you and giving you more what's inside. I really dug the first episode of the show, and also, even though it is dated, I still enjoyed um, highly enjoyed the first issue of the comic book. Yeah, I or think the first, with the, the first trade of the comic book, if I should say. I think with the be- the benefit of making this a show is that you could a first issue comic can't open this way. Like a first issue comic has to open with a with a with a way that keeps you turning the page and and because it's only twenty pages you got you don't have a lot of space to do that so you start way or you start wait just like a little bit before the 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 virus hits the first then, issue has to hook you yeah well, but well, a show issue... but the first episode but the first episode of a show really can just you know we can take the time in that first hour to. To, to give you more backstory, show you more characters, show you more of a life because you're, because the end of the episode, the play's going to hit anyway and you're going to be hit. You're going to be okay, but we have more time to explore. I think that's really, I think that's really cool uh, in a way to, I, I'm glad that every kind of adaptation we've seen as a show does take the opportunity to, to expand more in the uh, beginning. Question yeah. for the question for you guys. Did you read the book first and then watch the episode or watch the episode before you read the book? Cause I read the book first and I have to say, um, I would definitely recommend, like, if you want to do like what we do, like compare the comic to the show, I would definitely recommend reading the book first before watching the first episode. I agree. I, I, I generally always read the thing because it came out first. Like that's, I re- I read it in order of, of when it comes Excuse out. Yeah. yeah. You, 
Mm-hmm. What about you, Brandon? Did you read the book first and watch the episode or reverse it? I, I had to watch the episode first. I didn't get a okay. chance to, to read the comic beforehand. Although normally I would rather do that. Um, just with Bizarre's nice schedule. So. Yeah, understandable. Understandable. Um, yeah. Uh, Ryan, what did you think about the show? You I, I loved the first episode and I'm going to continue watching the show and I want to watch it with Sparks because he lives with me. And it just make it easy if we get us both to watch it together. <laughs> I didn't really care for the first volume. Yeah. Um, I thought it was fine. I think the premise is cool. There's character stuff I like. Uh, like obviously this comic couldn't exist or the mo- the show couldn't exist without the comic. Um, Adrian three fifty five is a revelation. That character is insane. Uh, that is one of the hardest, coolest characters I've met in the comic. Um, she makes me want to read the comic more than Yorick, more than it, and more than Representative Brown, even though I think those characters are fine. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is a comic of its time. Like, it came out in, like, what, 2002 or something? Yeah, it's um, early 2000. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, Brian K. Vaughn's a really great writer. He was young when he wrote this. It just, it's got really, just gross problematic stuff, you know? It, it's not, yep. it's not him being offensive. It's him just being young and ignorant, like all, like all of us were at a time, you know? It, um, it's him using the language of the time, which, unfortunately, yeah. I also say I was... And just, uh, into certain, yeah. like, gender politics that just have been this, like, you know, expanded upon now. It's just, like, it's, uh, it's not a, like, I, I have the show now. I will never read the book ever again. I got the, yeah. I got I got the show and as far as I'm concerned I think this this is one of the strongest pilots I've watched in a long time. Like I really I really think all the acting's exceptional. I think the character building so much better than the comic. Um and I think I think the execution of like the event of when all the men die it's horrifying. It, it's like yeah. if you've seen Mark uh, Mark Wahlberg, if you've seen um Mark Wahlberg in The Happening. That movie has a really scary suicide scene with a bunch of people too. But like, this is ex- exponentially worse because you get to know all of these people. You get to yeah. know all of these children and all of these like old men. And like, some of them are racist, sure, but a lot of them are like our nice guys too. And it's like, it's an impactful first episode. It's really good. Like, yeah, I'm watching... really happy with the changes they made to the representative. Um, I'm really happy with that they took that character in the comics doesn't work um in a, in a modern day i, I know I'm what they're trying they to do I, I i get what they're trying to do but like i, I it just didn't work for me it really did yeah uh, and again if i was like 20 year old liberal when that came out i probably would love it because like oh like i can get what you're doing but like that comment came out 20 years ago and just things change right um like yeah. the second like in, in the okay one of the lines i didn't have a problem with but I, but i didn't have a problem with it because language used but i definitely felt i was like okay i'm not a big fan of them either but that's really on the nose is where it's like, what's what's going on? Is it the Amazon? Is it another gang? Worse, Republicans. And of course, yeah. you got ladies with guns outside who yeah. are saying, it's like, you're taking control of the government. It's like, that is oof. And the, it's it's funny because because both the show and the comic are like, they're doing the same thing. You know, it's an apocalypse. And like, like what? how do you deal with the government and all, all like the humanitarian stuff after the apocalypse when all this stuff happens with just women, right? I think the show, only from the first episode, is going to tackle that in so much cooler, stronger, and honestly just, like, smarter ways. Because, like, the writing in that comic just feels so, like, I'm a 21-year-old liberal who knows what he's talking about. And, like, I know I was that way, too. And, like, in a way, I still am. You know, I'm trying to be better about it. But it just, it feels so, like, I am so smart. Like, it just feels like a comic, like, written by a really smart person. I I I want to push back a little bit on what Ben said. Because, honestly, the, the, the Republican... Uh, wives standing outside the White House seemed a little prescient to me. Yeah, I mean, because I know this comic book was written in 2002, but seeing that, especially with the events that happened way back in January 6th, it's like, yikes, that happened. Yeah, Something like yeah. that happened. But I was going to say, that's why the Republican line I, I don't think is one of the more problematic things in the comic, because I'm like, well, you know, 
Is it really so dissimilar from today? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so you, so you you read the comic? Yeah, I read the first volume. Nice. Did you did you did you get a chance to watch the show? Yes, I watched the first two episodes. Oh, you actually are further along than Thanks for telling us, I guess. <laughs> well, we were just kind of going. I was waiting for an opening to give to give Sparks because he came back. Oh, um, yeah, I thought you didn't do it because you walked away for a second. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I stepped away for a moment, but that wasn't because I didn't engage oh. with it. Uh, Sparks, so let's get let's get you into the conversation, man. Um, I mean, I I, uh, I also think that the comic just doesn't age very well. Um, it's... Uh, it it shouldn't be written by a man. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. frankly, yeah. like that's yeah. that's the flaw of it, especially for that moment in time. It just shouldn't have been. Um, it's certainly like well-meaning in a lot of places, uh, but it's so like hold on, because um, I took pictures of some moments. It's got some really like just unnecessary commentaries and perspectives on women. For example, like uh, when he meets the one who's collecting dead men's bodies and she talks about how she just gotten a boob job, which is now pointless because what good are tits in this new world? She's a model. Yeah. Uh, yeah. because she's a model. And then like in the very next page, like she puts a gun on him and he's like, what are you going to do? Rape me. Um, oh, and that it's just so, yeah. And, and it's still in that same interaction is like something where she has to like grab his dick and say like, you're a man, but barely. Um, and I'm like, this is all just like really lame, yeah, really yeah. lame I to, female representation. Go, I'm going to that scene. Cause yeah, I had problems with that scene. Cause I was reading this. I'm like, Brian King Vaughn's a good writer though. This is not good writing. I guess it's a long way. This was 20, 20 years ago. And it's not just, it's not just like, it's not just him being young. It's also what things were at the time, Mm -hmm. what things were considered like. I don't think Vaughn today, in the climate of today, writes the same book. Not at all. This is, but this is the way that it could get through. This is the way that it would be translated. This is the way that people use language to describe these kind of things. This was the kind of strong female representation that was happening in comics at the time this was it this was a this is like like an award-winning book like like i I, like this is a good book right it's just it is an age book but like i that's why the show having a a creative team being primarily female like makes it work so much better i think it's a it's a book that i think if i like if you're reading it at the time that it comes out or not too long after yeah it's a good book um, it is impossible to read it now and separate it from that time gap. We're talking an, an almost 20 year time gap. Yeah. Like it, we, we live in an entirely different kind of context of how we view representation of all kinds of different people. Right. Um, there's something, how many episodes did you guys watch? The last one first. Okay. So I, I watched the second cause I didn't, I didn't feel like the, not that I'm knocking on you guys, what you did, but I didn't feel like the first episode uh, gave me enough to chew on because it's all the setup, mm-hmm. not how are they tackling the world after. So I wanted to see that, what that was like. Um, and a really strong note that I'm happy to report is like in the comic, there's a offhanded comment that the garbage girl makes about her partner having been trans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so was just shot on sight because they look like a man. And it's like, that's that's our trans representation. There it is. Mm-hmm. Um, in... Uh, the second episode, the person who Hero is at the meeting with is revealed to be trans. And so from female to male. So in the second episode, they're still alive. 
Oh, nice. Um, okay. And they and they identify as male, and like there's a discussion about like the the questions they have to answer every single day that they're outside and and like them wanting to leave the city because of what's happening and and all this stuff um and it's already like a better concept of like incorporating trans representation into the conversation of what's going on in this world that's so good yeah. to hear dude because I, I know i was talking to you about like before the show premiered um like that I, that was like a really worrying worrying thing and like that's that's so cool that they're doing that um yeah i i Interesting. I, just, I love this first episode so much you guys I, I don't have a single problem with it if i'm being honest like i think it's i just think it's good i, I, I i'm i am interested in seeing where the, the fact that hero killed uh her her lover goes <laughs> on the day where every other man also dies like she doesn't she what timing never, she will never it's have to tell crime. anyone she will never have to tell anyone but she will always have that guilt uh, yeah. And like, man, just what a character thing. Because like in the comics, like, it's so cool that we're just getting like a little more. Even in the first episode, like, I know these characters better than I think I that I felt than like in that. Whole oh, there's a, there's a horrible line with Hero when they come out of a uh, come out of the the the, the ambulance um, after having having sex, and in like the they're in a they're in a fire station, and like the firemen are like gawking at them, like, oh, I know what you guys are doing in there, man. Yeah. Have you worked the way no. all through the firemen? Very, very importantly, it's the other women. Yeah, not it's the, the other who are talking right. about her that way, which is even worse. It's the yeah. other two EMTs, whereas Hero is in what seems to be in those short panels a actual loving relationship with the firefighter. It's mm -hmm. not. It's not. But she's. But she's implied to be a much different character than the character we meet in the. Oh, because it's in, a completely the show. different character than the character we meet in the show. Because in this one, uh, she has a DUI. She has a. a she has problems. Whereas in the show, or in the, in the show, whereas in the comic book, she was like, yeah, I mean, she's had a string of bad relationships, but nothing to get her a, a DUI or drug problems. And then she just, she watches her, her boyfriend die right in front of her eyes. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, it's, I didn't want to say the word, but, you know, uh, she, she, she's seen, she's implied to be a little bit more slutty in the, yeah. in the comic. And that's, I don't, I didn't jive well with that representation there yeah. um there is an interesting bit in this first volume that there are i think i counted three potential ways that the that they like they could blame the plague on i know they probably don't answer it in the in the comic but like the amulet or the the clone being born or you know yeah the, that, was, that was interesting that was the the one thing there, there are a couple things i do like about it um i do like i do like the idea of like uh this clone baby uh, like and th it, that character I found really interesting and was like what a crazy I think like was it like her her nephew was dying or something so they were trying to create a clone to, to get like tissue from this baby or something yeah uh, I like hard science stuff like that I'm super into and then like mm. oh maybe that's why the apocalypse happened almost like a sweet tooth situation um I all that stuff I I jived with um it's just mostly like just the 2002 ness of it all that you know yeah. doesn't work for me uh, actually we're gonna say something oh sorry. No, just one other thing I quickly like. I do like that every issue had something where it's like Washington D.C. one hour ago, and then it cuts to to the present, or like Washington D.C. a week from now. Or like every issue had a time jump thing, uh, and I don't know if every episode will do that, but I thought that was an interesting, uh, you know, framing device. Yeah. Uh, no, um, not so much. Gotcha. Uh, every episode, I'd say, okay. uh, no, no more, no more jumping to the past anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, Everything is just moving forward, it seems. Uh, At least based I, on episode two. We have to talk about the standout. I, I personally think of, of of both the show and the comic. It's 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 is it Agent three fifty five? Is that what her name is? 
Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. That opening scene where she's with the drug dealer and she's like kissy with him and then she leaves in that one shot and then she blows it up. That's one of the hardest, coolest scenes I've seen in a TV show in a long time. Like the energy that she gives off. And I'm like, oh, this is who this character is. And then she's like part of like the like the Secret Service and stuff. And I'm like the Culper, the Culper Ring, which is a uh, organization that answers only to the president. They yeah, yeah, yeah. get around red tape. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, basically like soup, like the the Kingsman. Uh, she so, has she has such a presence. Go ahead. No, just yeah, she has such I a agree. presence. I love her. She's she's great. Um, I I really like her too. I think that's a great casting, and I think that character is really interesting. Um, this uh, you guys won't know this because you didn't watch episode two. Uh, I do want to talk about this because I think it's an all right choice, but I'm not sure I agree with it, which is that um, in the show, Diane Lane's character of their their mom, uh, she becomes the president. Oh. Um, which I'm a little like... The agriculture okay. lady's gone. <laughs> the only reason that bothered me is because something I did like about the comic is that their mom wasn't the head honcho of the government um, because it felt too convenient that yorick the last man on earth his mom is president Mm -hmm. uh and the fact that the comic didn't go that way i kind of appreciated that like she was still a responsible member of government but not the person who will be referred to as the president and not the person who makes final decisions and has final say yeah uh and that is not the way the show translated translates it she is immediately the president um yeah i don't know i I don't know yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that, but I don't know if I drive with that. Either. I don't. I don't love that decision because it immediately puts like this. Uh, I really like her, the actor and the character uh, for Diane Lane, but it puts her in this position where she has to like. People are judging her for how she allocates resources because she's trying to find out what happened to her kids, mm-hmm. and the only reason that that she's in that compromised position is because now she's the president. And I'm like, this feels like we could have just left her. Uh, as the representative and had a different talented female actress playing the president and her having a relationship with that person who's in power and having to work her way through this stuff. And I like that idea of like the designated survivor. They're like, oh, you're the 14th in line, but you're the president now? Like, I think that's that's charming. That's a shame. It's the same same logic that makes Diane Lane the president, but but it's it's her now. And I I just feel like that takes away a little bit of something because it feels awfully convenient in the setup. Yeah. Um, whereas in the comic, knowing that the comic originally didn't have it, I think the comic is superior in that decision. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's a wise choice to not have the last man on Earth's mom also be the president. Yeah, yeah I was kind of. Yeah. I was. I mean, I haven't like like I said earlier. I only saw the first episode. I was kind of hoping that she, um, Diane Lane, wouldn't become the president because I also really like that bit about the comic book, where it's like the last the the son of a yes a uh, politician. But it's not the one in charge because it is kind of like a, I mean, it, I guess in a way it kind of does add an extra layer of drama to the show. It's like, oh, you're the president and your son is the only one alive, which is obviously going to raise suspicions in some circles. Yeah. But in the book, it's like we have one male survivor. Two, technically, right. if you count the monkey, if you count Ampersand. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think part of that is because she's the president and there's already mm-hmm. this air of her having been like, and it was kind of there in the first episode if you were paying attention, but it's really present um, in the second episode of her as an infallible politician. Not mm. an infallible person, but an infallible politician, which the comic is in the opposite direction of, and I didn't necessarily... I'm glad the show didn't do this because I really hated it in the comic, the way that she's pro-anti-abortion. Uh, 
Um, I'm glad that's not part of her character in the show, but the way that they've made her almost entirely a spotless moral political figure in the eyes of others is a little like, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I took a pic. I- so I took a lot of pictures, and it turns out it was just all the shit that I hated. So I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to talk about it. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, I think the show's an improvement. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, I actually want to watch the show as opposed to read the comic. Uh, ampersand, 100% CGI monkey. PETA uh, called the show because they were convinced I was a real monkey. And then they were like, you dummies, that's not even a real monkey. You're stupid. <laughs> that's so funny. I think, don't care. I, I think the most interesting setup of the show, uh, and and rightly so that it's pointed out in the comic when they meet Dr. Van, is not that Yorick survived, it's that Yorick and the male monkey survived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yo, what's what's up there? Uh, the fact that it's both of you is a little interesting. Um, uh, how did you guys feel about the show slowly doing the males dying? Rather than in an instantaneous wave. I kind of... Yeah, I kind of felt that um, it was, yeah, it was more, it gave a little bit more of, like, throughout that show, you saw animals dying, You like, you saw the buck, you saw the rats. Um, it, like, started you, smaller and went big. Yeah. yeah, it started smaller, and then the more, comp, and then the bigger, or, okay, maybe not bigger, because a buck is definitely bigger than a human, but other it started with the animals, and then it finally went to humans, and I definitely felt like, as it was kind of like dominoes falling, like when you see um, the president die. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I didn't like that character. I didn't like the character of that president, but still, it was harrowing just seeing blood come out of his mouth, him dying, and then all these other men just dropping like flies. I think the point of the sequence is to up the horror factor yeah. when the when all the men, when the men start dying mm-hmm. on mass. You know, we we kind of get a sense of foreboding dread leading up to the ultimate moment. Um, And I think it's actually rather effective for the show, Uh, specifically in the show format. As I mentioned, it has more time to do that. I don't think it would work in a comic book. Um, But having that that when it finally like hits that that moment is like truly horrifying. And also one of the other things I want to say, like credit to all the actors in that scene when they realize when it finally clicks like with diane lane that one um the that one general the aides and they all look around and they realize it's all the men yeah all the men are dying sparks you want to say something um i agree on all those points except for two specific things and one is uh the police force who doesn't have their police officer on them with the implication that they have already died. And I'm like, if people are already dying, why aren't they all dying? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that threw me a little um, because I expected it all to start happening that night. It doesn't happen until the next day. Um, but more importantly to me is that there's kind of an idea that the meeting they're heading into is about all the male animals dying that yeah. they've noticed. And mm-hmm. the second episode doesn't pay off that um it in that's that's part of my thing is like if this thing was happening the way that we're seeing it happen all over the place male animals dying first somebody in the like you know the the government is running 24 7 someone would take notice and have called that meeting which i assume would be the meeting that they were heading into but it's not addressed in a backwards way in in, in episode two to say that that's what it was um and that they figure out oh this was a thing that was coming um 
that's all. It's not, it's minor, but it is something where I go, like, I feel like it started happening in such a large number somebody would say something because we're well, all it, political well, figures. Well, it happens. They say, like, oh, there's like a mass event happening in Israel right now. Like, that happens, mm-hmm. like, pre, like, pre them going to that meeting. And that's when it starts happening. Right. Um, yeah, I think I wanted to say, mention because, uh, you brought up Israel and Waste Sparks. Uh, I really like that they took out that bit with the uh, freedom fighter and an indiscriminate foreign country. Uh, yeah, the the representation of these, um, yeah, is essentially uh, filling Islamophobia because this was two thousand two, two thousand. Yeah, I'm I'm glad they took that out of the show. I'm glad, that, I'm glad they took that out of the show too. Um, I do feel like that that line you're referencing, Ryan, was more or less just a kind of nod to the comic of that, not so much acknowledging like, hey, we're noticing that all these male animals are dying because we're seeing it's happening in the United States too. And I don't think yeah. that they're clocking that. It's just a thing where. I feel like the show could have, but I agree. Uh, I, I'm glad Islamophobia is not a major focus point of the the show. At it least really, it will, look time obviously helps, but also again having a, a showrunner be a lady. Just it just when the whole thing is about women, maybe just have women make it. It just makes sense, right? It just makes sense. Yeah. Um, it didn't make sense back then, though. Apparently, no, because we're stupid. I uh, I hope that the amazons are executed better on the show me yeah. too because like it's still gonna That's be like fear. it's still gonna be like an apocalyptic thing with like you know like republican mad max villains um but i hope that yeah they're handled with more care it, it's it's my it's my biggest thing coming out of the comic that the show i don't mind you tackling i just hope you tackle better 100 percent. um i've danced around this i think plenty uh york like majorly sucks in the comic Oh he's a, yeah, he's a horrible. Human I was being. so worried he's... about watching the TV show because I just I did not care about him at all. Yeah, um, it hasn't gotten to the point where I think like even by the end of episode two we haven't gotten to the part where he's like doing the kind of like talking about how important he is to repopulate the earth and everything. And like, there's some good moments in the comic to kind of call him on his shit, mostly from Agent Three Fifty Five, which is like, you know, just because you've got a dick is it, be- it doesn't mean you're invincible, which is nice, but it doesn't change the fact that York is kind of insufferable to follow. Yeah. Um, in a in a pretty harsh way. Um, he's I gotta do, get to. He's gotta get to Australia. I, I do I also, like yeah. the performer much better on the show, um, especially in the second episode. There's a there's a scene of extraordinary vulnerability from Yorick when he encounters some strangers that uh, is just not who the character is in the comic in a good way. Um, so I, I hope that that continues on that train because I, I found Yorick just absolutely impossible to empathize. Yeah. yeah. Early early in the show, when he's talking to Hero outside of the... the uh, the NA meeting, um, like that, like five minutes team of this, them talking, like I enjoyed that more than reading the entire comic. I was just like, yeah. I f- fully understand who this character, who these two characters are. Um, in a just short little scene, like I get, I get, I know so much about Hero. Just what's the line that he says? It's like, oh, if you didn't hate yourself so much. And I'm like, bam, like I, I understand these two characters perfectly now, um, more than that comic could ever do. Um, yeah, yeah. I was so worried about York. I find th- the guy in this, like, endlessly relatable and like yo man being being young and like directionless is hard like i get it and then the apocalypse happens and like destiny starts it upon you like that's like i'm excited for this show like i i hope i hope it i hope it's hope it stays good yeah i i, I do really i do really like the direction the show went in with yorick and 
and even Hero. Like, I just think both of them are much better realized characters. In the comic, I wanted to bring up when he proposes, it, or at least tries to propose, I just read the room, pal. Like, obviously, this girl doesn't want to be with you anymore. Yeah. Um, the way it's really insufferable. It, yeah, the way they handle it in the show is so much better. Because uh, it's absolutely like, this is a couple who they've been together for a long time, but maybe he's he likes her more than she likes him. And this is the point where he realizes it. Because yeah. he's ready I for like, marriage and she's not. He does He does kind of come at her with like, what all the th- I've all I've done for you, but like he calls himself on us. She's like, I shouldn't have. That was yeah, the yeah. wrong thing to say. And I, I do appreciate that he's got that self-awareness. It does make him a lot less sufferable than his comic book character yeah. right away. And it makes me, like, I don't know if it's going to be the same journey because Beth's not in Australia. Um, at least right now. Like, I don't know if like, how much time has passed like if she, she took a red eye yeah she took a red eye yeah so like it, i wonder if they're gonna do anything with beth in this show i, I assume they have to because like i think that's integral to the plot of the, the comic i'm guessing but uh, i will i will say in episode two um yorick is leaving messages for beth around the city uh saying mm. that he's alive um and to come home got it um, okay because he's trying to locate her. Now, there is also a concept that's introduced in the same episode about what people are doing in the city to kind of locate one another and find out also where, like, their loved ones were who were men who pass on so that they can give proper respects or say goodbyes or check in or whatever. Um, And it's a system that they're trying to build in the city. So it's weird that... I understand why Yorick wouldn't go there necessarily, but like not right away a decent amount of time passes in episode two to make me question why york wouldn't at least look into using the resource in some way yeah. or uh alternatively why beth wouldn't have considered it yeah um so it, because uh uh while beth might not be looking for uh yorick she could easily search out hero mm-hmm. um That's true now now that they're in the same the same city uh so, so there's a little bit of like, oh, you, you made some weird things now happening uh, because of where you put Beth in, in that line and everything. And I'm sure the show will pay it off. Um, it just does leave me with like kind of questions about how they're handling certain choices. Yeah, uh, yeah. But we'll see. Um, episode two still shows a decent amount of promise. That's right good. Uh, yeah, hopefully, I was going to try to watch the second episode this weekend, but I just didn't get the chance. I started a new job. I don't know who knows that. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, I started a new job, so it took a lot, lot more time than I anticipated. But excellent, yeah. I I watched both these episodes with my mom today, uh, and I I you know we finished the first episode. I'm like, I'd really like to do the second because I really really want to know how they're handling the, the world, and it is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's good stuff there. Sparks, uh, and I think. Are we gonna continue to watch this together? I'd like to. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to watch this. Uh, I I feel pretty good about it right now. I think it's much better than the comic and execution um, up to this point. Uh, and I like all the females who get to be main roles in it because uh, all the men die. Hell yeah. Yeah, I uh, you know feel very much the same way about Sweet Tooth as I do about this. Um, it's a much different tone. They adapted it in a different way, but it is it is cool that like it's a it's a good adaptation in this case a better adaptation um so i'm really i'm excited to continue with it it's very intriguing yeah Yeah, i'm i'm definitely worried about it 
feeling the need to be too faithful to yeah. elements of the comic again like the amazons is something that definitely concerns me because i'm you can't I, I if you're being an adaptation it doesn't feel like something you can just ignore mm -hmm. but you certainly need to alter it mm -hmm. um yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of there. There was one particularly like terrible. I felt like it kind of accentuated everything. Line uh, when Yorick catches up with his mom, and he's talking about uh, she's telling him how the the wives of the Republicans have been, and he says, "Are you serious? After all the men died, I thought uh, all you guys would be holding hands down at the United Nations or something. When the hell did women get so petty and power hungry?" And I'm like, man, this really just like kind of like I know Yorick's not supposed to be a good person, but. You're really just but driving isn't there homeless. like that's a that's a picture I took too because I hate that because then the mom's like yeah but didn't you like didn't you vote for Hillary Clinton I'm like oh, Jesus Christ yeah. yeah it's it's all it's it's so full of a lot of like backward cynicism towards women as it's trying to be like progressively representational that just makes the comic such a drag yeah uh, to read today which I'm sure it didn't feel like at the time but it, it definitely does now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm bummed, honestly, because I've heard so much good stuff about why The Last Man to have read it and been like, oh, man, this is something I just can't appreciate anymore. Yeah. I needed yeah. to read it when it was at, oh. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's ha has an age, though. Baby's, yeah. baby's first uh, feminism book. Truly. <laughs> 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 yeah, for, yeah. for Brian K. Vaughn. And yeah, it, yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't hold up. He definitely tried. Um, I'm definitely not going to continue reading the comic. I, I mean, after I finished the first uh, volume, I'm like, cool. I'm glad I don't have to read that ever again. Mm -hmm. um, the show, I would like to continue. I don't know if I will. Not because it's bad. I think it's really good. I do want to find out what happens. But when I come home, I want to see something a little more cheery and not mm -hmm. so down. And it, it, it's a really good premise. It's entertaining. It's dramatic. It's the, the entertainment value for me is there. It's just recently in the past few weeks where I've been coming home at night, I don't want like to experience the the crazy the crazy shit of or um, half the population literally died in one night. I just want to see like happy ducks going on an adventure. Uh, Yorick um, in the comic is so single minded on Beth to a degree where it's like, bro, do you know like the world you live in? Yeah. Uh, in in the show so far, it, it works a lot. Um, not to say too much deep into the show, but um, the the everybody is hearing like radio transmissions and and things like that about um, where what to do from the president, like giving out emergency broadcasts and things like that. So Yorick knows his mom is president, but he doesn't know how to get to her safely. Mm -hmm. As, as the last man on earth. Um, and that keeps him from venturing too far. Uh, and then, and then there's stuff that happens in episode two. Um, but it, it, it provides this sense of like, okay, I get why he's kind of like focused on the Beth thing. Cause that's kind of all he can do right now. Yeah. Uh, Cause he feels trapped in his space. So that's a lot of episode I... two is spent with him, like kind of preoccupied on like trying to find her because he can't do much else. Yeah. But but in the comic, it's like so very much the only thing he seems to care about. And I'm like, this is so ignorant of like everything else that's happening to all these other people. Yeah. yeah. Right, anything else you want to add? Uh, Why I'm super, last man? I'm super intrigued by one particular character because she doesn't appear to be anybody in the comic and she continues to be a focal point into episode two and I'm 
I'm not sure who she's supposed to be, but I'm super interested, is uh, the president's assistant. Oh, Nora? The redhead? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not her- sure who she's supposed to tran- translate for in the comic, uh, ultimately down the road. Yeah. I, 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 Maybe... I remember being surprised that uh, she wasn't in the comic. Maybe it's one of those things that, like, it's a character from later on they bring in early or something. I think I think they're making her the the new version of the leader of the Amazons. Mm. Oh, maybe. Mm. Oh, build her up to see like how she became the way she is. Yeah, yeah, that could work. Yeah. Uh, based based on episode two, I think that's that's where they're hinting at going, because I'm not sure she's so focal in episode two in a way where I'm like I'm not sure who you're supposed to be exactly right now, yeah. uh, but I think that might be it. Right on. All right, anything else you want to add? Uh, I highly recommend the show. I wish I could recommend the book, but honestly, if you're reading it for the first time today, it just it just doesn't hold up. I'm sure it's a good book if you read it in 2003. True. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, no book club. This was our book club. Um, mm-hmm. But next week, it's my turn. Um, oh, Diane Lane's great. Also. Hell yeah. I love Diane. Diane I didn't Lane really say it by Diane, but Diane Lane is great. Yeah. Um, she Martha Kent. Um, so I was racking my brain for a couple weeks about what what to pick, um, and then I started watching a Doom Patrol thing. So I figured, why not do Doom Patrol Volume One, Crawling from the Wreckage? This is the first Grant Morrison Doom Patrol volume. Cool. Um, I'm interested in seeing where the show came from because I've never read the Doom Patrol before. Well. No, you you read a book club yeah. that I made you read. Yeah, it was unless, the, you, oh, unless you skipped it. The uh, the the I the, the Gerard Way Milkshake Man Man the Milkman Wars Milkman Wars. Um, yeah, that's right. The Doom Patrol do have a crossover. Um, I, I've never read any Grant Morrison Doom Patrol. Um, I've read a lot of these characters in other places. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm sorry. What are we reading again? <laughs> Doom no, no, Patrol, no, just, just specifically Doom Patrol Volume One. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's what I, I was about to say. The same. I was about to say that. Okay. Doom Patrol Volume One. From Grant Morrison. Crawling from the wreckage. Just the first four issues or six, four or six issues. I don't recall. I was just asking because I'm putting it on our book list. Yeah. Um, next week, I don't know what we're talking about. I don't think we know what we're talking about. But Prisoners Ghostland is out. Um, we could do a review of that if we wanted to. Woo, baby, we'll see. Um, okay, so. That's it. That's uh, it. Make sure to make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. Uh, you can check out other things on our cha- on our on our channel, such as Conversation. That's an audio only show that I do where I talk to podcasts about fandom. You can check out the latest episode, Christian Renteria. Um, that was a good one. It's, in the, it's linked below. Um, and my next episode is Travis Alexander from the Kaiju Weekly Podcast. Um, Christian's from the Movie Pit Podcast. I don't think I mentioned that, but that's where he's from. Movie Pit. Um, and of course, if you like this video and you subscribe to this channel, you can check out our other shows such as Victor's Watch. We're currently doing two shows. Uh, what If? Uh, we, uh, latest episode is in the description. Um, and Star Trek Lower Decks. The last two episodes are in the description. Also Star Trek Day. So but those are going to continue. And actually, both of those are going to be continuing because we'll keep doing Star Trek and Marvel shows uh, for things. Oh, Meg, as always, take care. Yeah. Stay safe and catch you later. Love always you, say such nice things before we leave. Yeah. Good night, Mag. Have a good one. Buddy. Um, 
You check out Basement Arcade, a new content coming from Basement Arcade soon, and Basement Arcade pause menu. There are two episodes in the description, one for the PlayStation 5 showcase and one with Ali Sayu. Yep. Yep. That's uh, that's down there, and that's ready for to be watched and listened to. Is there a new one coming? Do you have one in the bank? There is a new one coming. I have one in the bank. It's with my uh, buds, RK Attack, all the way from England. Very Boy. cool. Yeah. Um, check out Victor Book Club uh, and Animation Station. The latest episode is linked below where we, myself and Sparks, talked about Adventure Time, Distant Lands, Obsidian. Yay. You can check out some masks. We got some masks if you want if you want to support us at Crafted by Z. Um, they make personalized masks for us. We only have a couple left. Um, check out our Patreon. Uh, Patreon linked below and T Public uh, linked below. Um, Patreon's got the exclusive shirt. I'm going to keep it up for another month because of how delayed the Stephen King shirts are. Um, really, yeah, it's fun being betrayed by your family, isn't it? No. Um, so, and you can check out T Public where there are, are just shirts, not exclusive shirts, but shirts. Um, and check out our website where you can find all these links and links to our shows at fichtnerpodcast.com. Um, right, thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches the live stream. And thank you to everyone who uh, watches the rewind. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find, and thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our theme musics that you heard tonight and all the theme musics for every single one of our shows at Jeremy Villucci keyboards. You find his podcast suburban proctologist on iTunes and as well as facebook.com slash suburban proctologist official or Instagram at subproc podcast. And you can find Mike Matola. Thank you Mike Matola. He does our logos. Um, he was just on a fake watch. Check that out. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You can find him on TikTok and Instagram at the best, Mike Matola. The best places. Um. All right, that'll do it. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us, like this video, and subscribe to this channel. And until next time, you see us, guys. Stay fake.